This is Naoki Yoshida. This is Fern Hall. And you are listening to Aetherite Radio. Aetherite Radio. Here we go. Alright, hello everybody, and welcome to Aetherite Radio Gamers Keep Final Fantasy XIV Podcast. I'm Fusion Axis. Joining me today, we've got Zanidra. Hello. We've got Aldino. I didn't know who you were going to next, but it was me. Hello. Literally the same order every. I don't know. Week. It could change. <laughs> I mean, maybe you were gonna shake it up. This I'm gonna. Is yeah. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have. Okay, I'm gonna he take. Been I'm gonna. Ready. Yeah, he uh-huh. could have been ready, and then you wouldn't have said Aldino. Where, where would Aldino, I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back. Rook, okay. we're going to you next. Welcome. Hey. Rook's here. Thank you. And last Hi. but not least, we have Aldino. All right. You shouldn't have given me the time to get ready. Great, and we're done. <laughs> and that's it. That's going to do it uh, for this episode. <laughs> Shortest episode in history. I don't know. I feel like we've had others where one of us had said something and Fusion's like, and we're out. Oh, no, several times. There there, there have yeah. been been episodes where I just I get into a mood because of the the level of tomfoolery that mm. uh, that occurs. You love yeah, it. Yeah, well. We're not sorry. What what would this show be without the tomfoolery? Boring. Tomfoolery. Yeah, exactly. Or, or, organized and on topic. <laughs> that does uh-uh. not sound like uh-uh. a fun thing mm-mm. to listen to. Mm-mm. Also, mm-mm. Mm-mm. NPR mm-mm. activate. All right. So we got a few bits of news. Uh, Make it rain is coming back, uh, returning on June third, and it'll go uh, until June twentieth. So if you like your MGP, this is a good time to get MGP. Also, if you like taking Mimi screenshots, this mm. is a good time to get some emos for Mimi screenshots. They're going to have show left and show right <laughs> emotes as I like smack stuff around. Um, <laughs> I love these. I love these. I've already seen people like emulating or talking about emulating the meme where it's like, look at my wife. Or like, yeah. look at my <laughs> And I am living. I'm ready for this. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good. I can't wait to see what people end up doing with that. Uh, I need them, them to come up with some new prizes because I always scroll to mm. the bottom and I'm like, what the prizes mm. is? And I'm like, I have all of these. I will be lazy for this contest. Right. <laughs> well, that's that's some... when you can make your own thing, right? Yeah. You and can take the meme <laughs> and just be like, look at this thing. And then it'll be like a <laughs> motorcycle made of clocks that you, you glitch together. <laughs> and that's yeah. your, your prize. <laughs> we did have them add some new rewards to Manderville, as well as under uh, ungender locking some of the gear that mm-hmm. was already in there. So mm-hmm. it's a good time to earn that bonus gill, get some of the new mounts, get some of the new stuff, pick up old things if you didn't get them, in addition to the new emotes, which are very good. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, they 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 did some. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna for those listening to the audio portion, uh, mm-hmm. the most gigantic like air quote fingers here. They made balancing adjustments to pvp um and then immediately went yeah that was our bad we, we maybe we maybe over overcompensated mm. a little bit uh apparently little... the data the data yeah uh black mage uh is good in pvp right now <laughs> um, well, he's good before 
Yeah. yeah, but now it's like good though. Like, yeah, <laughs> like really ridiculous. Horrible. But like for real. Um, so basically, you just have to not get murdered first. Like yeah. every yeah. job. I, I feel bad, man. The amount of of books that Yoshida has had to write yeah. lately, you know, for housing, for PvP balance things. It's like, oh my gosh. Um, so essentially, what happened um, is they made what they. F- Felt like we're going to be balance changes to Black Mage and PvP, um, but what ended up happening is they they went a little too far with it, and now Black Mage is very good. Um, and so there's this this long post on the Lodestone now talking about how they do the balance changes, uh, the fact that uh, you know everything from the changes with this patch actually were done like at the beginning of the month, and what their kind of schedule is for stuff. Um, and by the time that he looked at it, it was like, oh, well, maybe that really wasn't what we needed to do, but it was already kind of, uh, in the, in the pipeline, so to speak. So, uh, they will be yep. making some more adjustments to that. Um, and he talked a little bit about, uh, some of the frontline adjustments that are coming as well. Um, so for people that are into PVP and actually into frontline PVP, uh, there's some good news for you, uh, for the, the Crystalline Conflict people. If you see a black mage, just, just run. <laughs> Just run. Don't, don't go anywhere near him. Um, but yeah, they'll get all that uh, sorted out here soon. Um, yeah, it's good to hear that they're going to balance frontline because a lot of people were like, why would they? Like, it's not the mode. Who cares? What's right? what's frontline? Right. That's, I'm, I'm I mean, glad that they're talking about it. In this the game, roulette? This game has PvP? Yeah. So if Old you want to get your frontline win, just uh, play Summoner right now before they nerf it to the ground because mm. it will be. <laughs> that's the only complaint. I don't even play frontline, but that's everything you hear. All the you just, memes are summoners will blow you, you up. Yeah. I did know something the other day. I yeah. got hit by three white mage limit breaks in a <laughs> yeah. row, and I didn't die. Yeah. Oh, hmm. are you going that happen? I guess so. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was also a white mage, so that might have been. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Mm-hmm. It's the only way to fight. Yeah. Is to be one. Yeah. Um. Yep, yep. I, I'm so glad to hear this. It was also interesting reading this. So if anybody hasn't read this post, uh, you can find, you know, more information from Yoshida-san if you look it up or, you know, uh, it's pretty accessible if you just type in PvP update or things like that. Um, and I liked actually hearing him talk about how they have been addressing balancing or thinking about PvP because he goes into a little bit more detail about, you know, even like how they implement so that, you know, a lot of the changes that they're making are like a month almost uh, Mm -hmm. ahead of whenever the actual implementation goes live and how as they were trying to respond more fluidly to on-the-fly PvP changes, they pushed through this Black Mage change. And, you know, he's kind of actually, he spent a little more time going into depth about it and um, what they are learning from the, I think, huge rush in popularity of PvP in 14, which is Mm -hmm. a very different kind of pressure for the game versus where it has been in the past and how they are trying to figure out like what works best on the fly patches or really taking more time to figure things out, how they test. Um, He himself was in game playing PvP on the Mm -hmm. uh, Japanese data centers and even a ton of people, I know Brian, uh, Brian Ricardo and a bunch of people uh, that love PvP were over playing matches with him. Uh, while they were sort of testing some of this stuff. So it's really interesting to just see how they are responding to this. And I think it's really heartening for those of you that have been loving Final Fantasy's new PvP and the rework 
but might find that stuff like front lines or, you know, concerns about balance or concerns about longevity of the game mode and the health of competitive and all this stuff, right? They are really actively trying to find a good new way to robustly update and patch. So don't lose hope. And it's an interesting read if you're curious about how they've been kind of working through it. Yeah, I did definitely when I when I read the uh, the update, the little patch update thingy, I was like, oh, dancer changes. Sweet. Potency is 5,000. Oh, PVP. Got it right. Because there's like never <laughs> individual patches just for PVP. So yeah, I think that's an indicator in and of itself. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, changes will be coming. Black Mage will be uh, adjusted um, and frontline stuff will get reworked a little bit. So. Please look forward to it. And that's it for news. We did it. That's it. That's going to be the show. Yep. Well, no, I'm kidding. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, so this episode uh, this week, we're going to talk about uh, actually let, ourselves. Well, yeah, we're just going to talk about ourselves. Uh, we just we've had a week. We just really need to boost our egos and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so this is a topic Rook came up with. So Rook, what what are we talking about today? The last ten plus years of Final Fantasy fourteen. So it'll be a quick talk. I'm thinking mm -hmm. ten minutes. Oh yeah, <laughs> ten for <Yeah>. ten. <laughs> a year a minute. Let's go. Uh, but particularly, I guess from our perspective, but also all of your perspectives. What it has been like playing this game, whether you have been here since the get-go from 1.0 on, um, or, you know, you came in in different sort of eras. We, we have a bunch of questions and kind of thoughts today as we revisit each of the different eras of the game. But I'd also, I think we'd all love to hear your answers too, whether you're live in chat or on YouTube, to any of these eras, what you remember from different times in the game. We just hit 20 years of Final Fantasy XI. Uh, obviously, Endwalker was a celebration as well of 10-year culmination of story arc, 10-plus if you include 1.0. So it seems like a good chance to kind of reflect and look back on the game so far. So I remember when I jumped from 11 to 14, I thought... Oh my god! I spent so much time in eleven. I probably won't spend. Half am I that much really? Time in am I really doing this again? Am I really starting now, another one of these? <laughs> now I've spent more time in fourteen than I ever did in eleven. And yeah. uh, my, having left eleven, my experience there was okay at times, but I'm not in a rush to ever, 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 ever go back. Whereas right now, I'm still quite satisfied with my fourteen experience. So something's going right over here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so let's, we're going to, we're going to go all the way back. Mm -hmm. When did everybody start playing? Alpha. Alpha. Yeah. I think beta. I don't think I got beta. Anything alpha. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't know how. 1.0 alpha, alpha, beta. <laughs> yeah, back it, back in my alpha. day, character creation was done on a little <laughs> hill in Lenosa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, back in my day, although it was the uh, the rapture, like I remember, there was a graphic bug where everything was just super bright for some reason on a bunch of machines. See, I off. remember, I remember the the battle log bug where you would see the battle stats for literally everyone in your yep. log. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is like like oh alpha day one stuff. Like <laughs> actually yeah. amazing, considering all of the debates about parsing right now and yeah. stuff. Can you imagine you just come into the game? Everybody's numerical data is just up there right. in the log. Oh Everyone gosh. can see it. Yeah, I I was really hesitant. Like I 
I did not have a great time in 11. And it was mostly people, but a lot systems as well. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll play the alpha. And I remember getting crap about it from some people that I, I knew that played MMOs. Like, no, don't do that. You know what happened the first time. So yeah, <laughs> I, w- I was like, I'll give it a try. And um, I mean, we could talk about that when we go through it. Rook, when did you start? I started later than all of you. So I came into the game Heavensward. Uh, Heavensward, after it was out, we were, I think, in like the first patch cycle, like the very first patch release mm-hmm. for Heavensward. And I got into the game then. So I missed all the beta. I missed 1.0. I missed the launch of 2.0 and then mm-hmm. came in in Heavensward, which actually I think was a huge sort of growing moment for the game yeah. as well. There were so many things that changed even in that brief window. So even though I didn't feel like I, you know, I've been there from the very, very, very beginning, so many things that were almost residual leftovers from 1.0 and the 2.0 relaunch were during that window of Heavensward, changed, addressed, morphed, yeah. you know, and I, I was kind of on the threshold of the change, I think, the big changeover into maybe more of our current day mentality and structures and class structures in-game. So that's when I came in. Rook Most had no time, interest in 14, and then they're like, Dragon Expansion. She's like, you don't no! say! <laughs> No, I actually, I was so interested in 14. I've mentioned before, but I actually owned 11. I had 11. I've had a Mm -hmm. copy of it for almost, like, since it came out. It was one of the oldest, it was the only Steam game that I had in my library for (laughs) years and years. I literally, in order to do the 11 stream that we did last night uh, with Fusion, uh, I literally had to buy a newer version of the game because the ancient, old, crusty version that I had of the game, I don't know if it's not supported anymore or if it was just, Mm. like, an upgrade because they put through all new stuff and retail's different now, but... Um, I, I had to upgrade it, but I could never play it. I never had a PC that would run an MMO, um, until post-college, actually, which was buck wild to me. So I almost exclusively console gamed. Uh, I did a lot of single players because we just never had a PC growing up that could support it. My mom would never pay for a monthly subscription. So it was one of those things where I waited and (laughs) finally, finally, I had my first ever PC and I immediately got Final Fantasy XIV. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that was... Okay, so... Go ahead. Normally, when uh, people are like, oh, I didn't didn't start to Warren Reborn or Heavensward, I'm like, yeah, that was probably best for you. For you, though, 1.0 would probably have been fun because the only thing to do in 1.0 was RP. <laughs> RP was the point of 1.0 after a point. <laughs> when, when, when all of the hardcore players were like, oh, this bad, I go, bye-bye. The RPers stayed around and yep. the community was so tight-knit. Everybody knew everybody else. And it was actually really easy to weed out crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every now and then you get one of those RPers who's like, two something... Little, a little yeah. too far, a little, a little just rude, a little stalkery. Oh no! Well, we didn't have any of those because everybody knew everybody else, and everybody went, "Don't, don't interact with that guy." In a so, good way. 
in a good it was a like would you say that in 1.0 it was more of a tight-knit kind of community like did it Absolutely. feel as though oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah do you think that was because so few people were playing the game and so many people uh-huh. stopped play okay uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, there were i mean obviously right when it when it first started there were more people but um as the realization came yeah. out that maybe this game wasn't great um a lot of people jump ship really quick uh, and i mean you you could see that not just <laughs> in in player population but uh, just in the amount of like uh, content creation for the game, mm. like there were so yeah. many sh- like podcasts that started, and two months later they were <laughs> gone. Yep. The only podcast that lasted uh, on Gamerscape, as a matter of fact, was the RP podcast that mm. I was helping run. That's, that's true. We had stuff to talk about because that's all that was happening. We, oh <laughs> my god, we had we had such a grand vision. So now we're gonna have okay. this whole network of shows. It's gonna be great. And then 1.0 mm-hmm. was like, "Hi guys, I'm 1.0," and we're just like, "Shit." So I know. Okay, Fusion and Zen, you both were from Eleven, so it was a no-brainer for you. Like I, I'm guessing, 14 was gonna be released, and you were both like, "We will be playing that." Was that kind of what led you into playing 14 from beta on, or was it? I had some friends, I had some friends okay. who, like, I didn't even know about it. At that time, I was, like, God, just, like, face buried in college, not paying attention to the internet, um, and also playing Eleven for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had some friends who were like, hey, this new one's coming out. We should give it a try. And so I was like, you know what? Okay, I guess I can do that. Which is actually probably why I didn't get into Alpha, because I was not paying attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, then I got into the beta, and uh, I don't hang out with any of those friends anymore. <laughs> me, me friends. on the other hand, uh, I was paying a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of attention uh, I mean, Project Rapture, the new MMO from Square Enix. Mm-hmm. As soon as that trailer dropped, E3 2009 Sony conference, I was like, all right, this is it. We talked to people that were running the 11 wiki. We're like, we should do 14 stuff together. And that was like, that was it. That was it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I was very on top of this stuff. I mean, we had heard about this for years and years, um, you know, going back uh when they announced Shadowbringers and they showed us the Crystarium for the first time. They're like, yeah, do, does it look familiar? I'm like, yes, it does. I know exactly what this is from <laughs> because I was yeah. just, I was so on top of all of this stuff back then. Um, so, yeah, for me, I mean, it was it was a natural kind of progression. Okay, I've been playing Eleven for, um, gosh, at that, po- at that point, really only maybe like five years. Mm-hmm. Four years, yeah. like I mean, when you when you could could I play eleven longer than you? Maybe yeah, I think so. I I, I would oh have started. God. I would have started two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, wow, Zanitra. Re- veteran yeah. here. I, I oh was. Gosh, I remember. I remember when you when you sign in uh, when you sign up for play online. Uh, you have to be eighteen, so you have yep. to get a parent or guardian. Mm-hmm. And I no, was. No, I thought it was thirteen. Thirteen is the the TOS it, age. Not, let me finish my story because okay. I will let you know. Okay. Um, you had to be eighteen because I was seventeen and I couldn't sign up. They were like, "You're not old enough." Uh, yeah, so I lied about how old I was. <laughs> I just changed. Yep, I changed the the last uh, the number of my birth year, and years later, when I was 
I think doing something for 14 because all of that stuff like merged into the same accounts. They were like, uh, ma'am, your birth year is wrong. Are you sure this is your account? And I was like, what do you mean? Oh, yeah, I lied to you many years ago. <laughs> I was uh, but the, the person, the person was, yeah, the person was really <laughs> nice and was like, I was like, oh, no, that, that is my birthday, but it's the wrong year by one. I must have hit the wrong button. And they're like, yeah, OK, sure. <laughs> oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Now, Al, do you know, you dabbled in Eleven, right? Am I remembering it correctly? Did you play it all? Did you? Play, you yeah, or did you I come played in? a lot yeah. um, for a while. Like, uh, towards the end of Vanilla, I'm just going to call it Vanilla, no one calls it Vanilla, into Otter Gone. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't realize so you had played so much for some reason. Yeah. I guess yeah, just because Zen. Zen and Fusion are louder about Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I did not have a great time. I, and not even a little bit. I'm, I'm like, over here like, Eleven literally changed my life. And I was like, yeah, I played it. It was all right. <laughs> I like, that's the thing. I was just trying to play every MMO in the world at the time. I love MMOs. I was like, Eleven's an MMO. I'll play that. I was playing Eve and WoW and Warhammer. And God, I don't even know. Did you ever, so many did you ever get around to trying out Hello Kitty online? No, but I wanted to. There was some reason that I didn't, and I can't remember. I think I just got sucked into Eleven. And I stopped playing other MMOs at the time. Mm. But yeah, I played 11. Had to be for about a year and a half, maybe. With okay. Zen on the same server in the same friend groups, which is why, yeah, I also did not have a great time. Um, Lynn, what made you go, <laughs> I had a bad time in 11. I guess I'll play Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> it's an MMO. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I try and get in every single beta that I can. Like, still to this day, of every MMO. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is, just to try it, because I, I like the genre. So yeah, I was like, I'll try it. Why not? I like Final Fantasy. 11 was eh. Maybe 14 will be better for me. So that's why I tried it. I loved in chat, Monty said, I remember trying to join sites and sign up for keys and languages I didn't understand. Yep. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> there. Oh Thank my man. gosh, the the drama around getting a, a, a 14 <sighs> like alpha or beta key. Holy yep. cow. And then, um, so this, I mean, this is also, I think, a, a really important perspective to have on this too, is um, streaming was in its infancy. Like YouTube was picking up streaming was kind of a newer part of that i mean we used to have like it would be a big deal when we would do an episode of our 11 podcast live like on like like i think we would we would like shout cast it on like just like audio only type stuff like i think then we used uh was it justin tv but even then like we didn't have video it was just it was just an image (laughs) i remember when aetheri radio was still just audio and we got to the point where fusion's like everybody needs to get a camera everybody's doing video now it's the new thing going on cams and i was so resistant (laughs) i was like i don't want my face on the internet i don't want to have to wake up and put makeup on i mean that is a huge mood that's fair let's be real there are many days where i too sit here 30 minutes before whatever thing's going to go live just staring (laughs) at the webcam like why must i put makeup upon my face like why is this mm-hmm. a curse? Mm-hmm. I was That's so resistant. I gave up clearly. <laughs> it was it was the right thing to do. This is the norm now. <laughs> but once upon a time, it was not. Yeah. And also, once upon a time, dial-up went. <laughs> Back in my day, <laughs> dial-up. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I played eleven on dial-up. Yep. Mm-hmm. I. I think I had 
cable by then. The the thing I for, remember for a time. The, the thing then, I remember, yeah, my my, uh, for lack of a better term, my gateway drug to Final Fantasy XI uh, was was Fantasy Star Online for the Dreamcast. Yep. Um, the amount of demo. of dial up ISP providers that I would constantly swap between to try and find a good one that worked for the dial up modem on the Dreamcast. I <laughs> man, I did like Net Zero. I did mm-hmm. Earthlink. Yeah. I did, like it was insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe chat reminded me. Uh, so Charles and I and a couple more of our friends used to visit Joe every weekend, every mm-hmm. weekend. And they would play D&D. And me and this other girl who didn't want to play D&D would go eat cheese and wine. Um, but okay. you were in high school? <laughs> no, no, this is uh, college. After, okay, yeah. okay. All right. All right. I was, I was still playing laughing. 11, though. Um, yep. So <laughs> I had this TV that was about like this big. And I played on PlayStation and I would bring this tiny TV and a PlayStation to Jome's house every weekend so that I could wake up because we, we would go up Saturday and stay over the night, hang out. I would wake up the next morning and uh, run Dynamis from his mm-hmm. house every weekend That's for great. so many years, yeah. at least two years. Yep. Uh, incredible incredible so then had all of you did you start out playing other final fantasy games and then that got you into it or was it strictly like aldi know you mentioned 11 was an mmo 14 was an mmo i was gonna play it do you does everybody have a history with final fantasy as a franchise or every did single one of them wow. <laughs> i loved final fantasy before mmos right like uh the second game i ever bought was three six um on super nintendo First game was Mega Man X. But, like, yeah, I love Final Fantasy. Repping 8 right now. But, yeah, so I was like, this. that's why I tried 11. You know, it was an MMO and it was Final Fantasy. And there's a job system? Oh, yeah, I got to do that. Yeah, so my, I, uh... my, my f- mm-hmm. first exposure would... <laughs> so many people are going to both love and hate this. My yeah. first exposure to the series entirely. I had a friend... That when I went over, occasionally her sister would be playing Mystic Quest. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I didn't know anything yeah. about it. It was just something they played a lot. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then my friend got seven. And I remember mm. playing a lot of, of seven when I would go over to, you know, for sleepovers and stuff that you would do when you were young, right? And he'd pl- yep. just play a lot of seven. Um, and then I remember when eight came out, I didn't have a PlayStation. So I went to my local video rental store and i rented a playstation mm. to play ff8 and yeah. then uh i i don't think I, I again didn't have a playstation for a while so i i i played through eight i played mm, a good chunk of nine never finished nine and then uh playstation 2 had come out and I was I was like super into tech back then. Like I couldn't go like a year without like doing a sleepover at a friend's house at least like four times that year where we would like mod our PCs or like go to the local <laughs> PC store and like buy LED fans and like try and like pimp out our PC cases. It was <laughs> it was a thing back then. Oh. Um yeah. And then I had seen that uh, hey, there's a hard drive coming out for the PS2. I'm like, that's cool. What can it do? Uh, it Two comes things. with Final Fantasy, and I'm like, that's neat. Like, I've played a lot of PSO. Like, I'll try that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the rest as they say is history i guess mm-hmm. um yeah that was it <laughs> that was that was the beginning of the end for me mm-hmm. <laughs> i think uh my family didn't get a console until nintendo 64 uh, but we were always pc gamers mm-hmm. um like i remember being very very small and playing dos games and like yeah. watching my dad play like uh flight simulators and might and magic and shit mm-hmm. uh, look if you don't know how so, to launch a game from dos you're not a real pc gamer <laughs> just saying wow just saying i was three and i could do it what are you doing yep. right um, <laughs> um brain brain so i i didn't really have uh, a lot of exposure to final fantasy early on except through roms so i think my first ones mm-hmm. were uh four and mystic quest <laughs> So uh, that I think I'm gonna say four, just because it's less embarrassing, was mm. my first Final Fantasy, uh, and then uh, after that was probably ten, and yeah. around that time, I I had friends who also were nerdy video game people, and they were like, "All right, so you need to play eight, like right now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yesterday, three months ago, two years ago, play eight, yep. go." Yep. So I did, and uh, I. <laughs> I did that that reaction that so many people whose first Final Fantasy is ten do. Oh, this doesn't look as good, does it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I quickly learned amongst my friend group that um, being judgmental of graphics was no, 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 no. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't be one of those people. Yeah, don't be right. one of those people. So no, I did eight, and then I did uh, nine. Didn't finish nine, but I got I think two discs through. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Is that a multi-disc one? Yeah, that's a multi-disc one. Yep. And then yeah. uh, and then I went back to seven, and I actually don't care for seven. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The internet, Hot the internet hates me now. Take. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, oh, seven's the worst because it's not. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't really care for seven. Yeah. I didn't I didn't finish seven until years after I'd gotten my PlayStation and, and done eight. I mean, I had mm-hmm. my my PlayStation, God rest its soul. It was it was rough. I the motor was dying on the the CD drive, so whenever <laughs> I wanted to put a play a game, I would put the disc on, spin the disc yep. preemptively, and then quickly close the lid. Uh, <laughs> I, and I remember the the day I got my PS2. So I got the PS2. It was it was a birthday present. So I got the PS2. I got the. Uh, the modem and stuff, because because my dad too is is very techy, like right, and so he's like, oh, that is pretty neat. Like let's let's do it. So we got that, um, but I needed more games. So I remember we went to like, oh, what was it then? Was it a Babbage's or a Funko Land? <laughs> and I oh, picked yeah. up like, I what was probably like one of the worst Harvest Moon games I've ever played for PS2. <laughs> but then I went further down the road, and my friend that played seven. He's like, I'll sell you 10 and the guide for like 20 bucks. I was like, sold. <laughs> so then I started playing 10 heavily. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I traded that. in that PlayStation to that, that yeah. store that day. And it, it worked that day when they tested it. So ah. got him. Uh, yeah. Sucks for the next person that bought it, though. <laughs> uh, I, I have a lot of good memories associated with uh, 10, like family mm. memories because my mm. my dad decided to play it also so we were kind of like in a race to see mm. if we could get to the end first i got all the way to the middle like the riku fight without realizing mm-hmm. how the sphere grid worked mm, um, yeah. so i did not level yep. up my characters at all until then 
and somehow still won the race. Um, there was there's also a point I don't I do not remember to this day what I did, but I got grounded. So um, I was only allowed to play for an hour. And I was like, Dad, you're just doing this because you want to try and win. And he's like, no, it's because you're a bad kid. Stop giving me mouth. Um, (laughs) And then there was a point where I don't know exactly where I was, but I guess he took pity on me because I'd reached the end of my hour and I was like in the middle of something. And he was like, "Eh, you can play till you die. That's fine. And I beat the game that night. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't even have a memory card when I got 10. I got a PS2, but not a memory card. Dangerous. I I had that problem. It was actually, there was a shortage. When I got my Dreamcast, Mm -hmm. the amount of times I played the first three levels of Sonic Adventure, oh my god. (laughs) I was so mad because I had played through 10, man, to the Seymour fight on the mountain. Mm. And there was a hurricane. And my power oh. went out. Was that like the hurricane? That yeah, it was the hurricane like in, in high school. Yep. Oh, yep. man. And I remember Gosh. telling a friend. Uh, and his response to me was to just start laughing. I remember hitting him. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I don't even remember. With what. Bad, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I remember being like, did you just laugh? Did you laugh at my ultimate yeah. suffering? <laughs> Do you understand how bad this is? How many hours I've lost? I, th- oh, I think, and this is gonna I mean, sound this is gonna sound weird. So let me finish after the initial laughter. I think uh-huh. I beat FF10 in the back of a van. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> like immediate... story. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Look, some people go out with their dates and do things. Some people beat Final Fantasy X. Um, <laughs> no, we used to have we had a minivan, um, and when we would go to visit the grandparents, right across the the U.S. We would take a small TV, throw it in the seat. You know, we had we had like the five seats, right? So we had like the three seats and then the two in the back. So me and my brother would sit on the back two seats. We'd strap a small TV VCR combo to that middle seat, and we had a power inverter, and we would play 64 <laughs> and PS2. I beat FF10 in my driveway we hit when we had just gotten home from visiting my grandmother. <laughs> Incredible. Now, is it because you couldn't leave the car until you were done? Everybody else was out of the car and you were still in there? Because that's what I see the, in my mind's eye. The, <laughs> it was, the timing was very close. Yeah. It, was, it, it wasn't like, I can't stop now. It was like, this literally is the last fight as we pulled into yeah. the driveway. <laughs> I. It's so funny that all yeah. of us played Final Fantasy because I also grew up on the Final Fantasy mm-hmm. games. And I know so many people who it's the reverse where they got into 14 and mm-hmm. they had never played a Final Fantasy game. And either that ended up kind of leading them in or it was something where they still to this day have not played a single Final Fantasy except for 14. But I also grew up on 14. And it's funny because... Uh, Zen, what you were saying about your family resonates so much because some of my best memories of my childhood come from gaming with my dad. And Mm -hmm. it was something where I think that experience just like so formulated even why later on I'd go on to want to do stuff like Twitch or do podcasts, right? The idea of sharing the joy of games, of sharing Mm -hmm. those memories, those moments that somehow take just like a game experience and make it something even more with other people where it is tied to all these other things in your life or these moments that you shared with others. And so my dad got seven. I don't remember much about it, but he loved fantasy worlds. Oh my gosh. He loved like Baldur's Gate. He loved all of those kinds Mm -hmm. of games. He loved Mm -hmm. CRPGs. 
and he was always looking for interesting stuff. So when JRPGs really started coming over, you know, he was so into them. And I remember him getting seven. I don't remember anything about the game at all. But the one that I do remember was eight after it. And eight was like, I was old enough, I think, to actually know what was happening or care about what was <laughs> happening. I could understand and follow the characters. And I was hooked. I was hooked on this game. I was obsessed with it. I would spend like every week just waiting until it was time to go visit my dad um, at his apartment. And we'd play all day. I'd like go to sleep late. I felt like such a rebel. I'd fall asleep in front of the game, like wrapped up in blankets <laughs> asleep. Because, you know, my dad was, he was, you know, it was always a really fun time when we were there. Um, he didn't have to be much of a disciplinarian or anything. So yeah. <laughs> like we just gamed all weekend. And uh, I was like, I remember that moment when I realized that games could be an experience. Like, they could be a story. They could be something that was so captivating to me that it changed me in some way. I was also convinced for a very long time that Ifrit from 8 was actually my best friend, and I'm pretty sure I Aww. talked to him like he was an imaginary an imaginary friend that I had. Oh, why I was, didn't you I become a summoner? Just out of curiosity. I actually did in 14. I started as a summoner. That's and so then I cute. hated it. I oh, hated yeah. it because I didn't play. That's play. I ended cute. up switching to White Mage because of Yuna. Because I went on and I played 10 and other stuff, you know. Mm. But um, yeah, 8 is one that to this day I still love so much and will defend for all of its weirdness yep. and its bizarre quirks. And mm -hmm. because it like, it just Yuna is made also me. a summoner. Yeah, but. Well, I know, but she does the White Mage staff dance <laughs> yeah. and she uses White yeah. Magic as well. Yeah. And, then so she when gets, I realized, and then she gets shooty bangs in FF10 too and yeah. is a J pop star. Becomes a machinist, yeah. You know, live your dreams. Do whatever you yeah. want, girl. Um, but yeah, so I always had an eye on the Final Fantasy MMOs because of that. But like I said, I could never play them until much later. Um, because the idea of being able to be my own character in that world was something I literally spent my entire childhood dreaming about. So It's it's interesting because I, I, I kind of started getting into, into games, too, because of my dad. And it's it's really weird, like, now thinking, he used to play games? Because he doesn't seem the type at <laughs> all now. Right. Um, but, I mean, I can remember him coming home from work. Hey, I just got this new game copied from my coworker. We scanned the instruction book yep. so that you could enter the password on page whatever and whatever when you go to start it up. Because that's how they did piracy back in the day. You yep. had to have the instruction booklet and be like, all right, enter the symbols on pages 5, 7, and yep. 23. And that Some was... of them got cute and asked you a question and the answer was in there. Like, it would be spelled mm -hmm. out. Yeah, so we, oh, we had, I mean, we had booklets for, uh, like, uh, I think, like, X-Wing. Um, yeah, all, all this stuff. So it was mm -hmm. definitely, like, early NES stuff. We would occasionally bring in, like, we would swap games with, with coworkers, <laughs> right? He'd come home. I got mm -hmm. uh, Ghostbusters. Cool. <sighs> like, you know. <laughs> Do you remember they used to have stores that you just rented games in? Yeah. And it was like just PC games. That yeah. I don't remember. I don't know if yeah. we had yeah. any of those or not. Yeah. It was, you know, it, it's like area. It depends on the area sure. at that yeah. point. Sure. But I do remember. It's, it's a not few like a. Places. Yeah, it wasn't like a chain thing. It was like somebody just decided that it would yeah. be. This is a thing I'm going to do. Financially sound to rent out their video games. It'll be great video for for a year until they do online authentication with serial codes. But until yep. then, <laughs> great We're business good. venture. So I guess I mean I think that probably gives us mm -hmm. the foundations of what led us into Final yep. Fantasy XIV. But we do like, we 
video games. We like yeah. video games. Uh, they are. Right. Do we want to talk about 1.0? Do we want to transition into? I mean, I think we have to. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Let's yeah, do it. Do. All right. All Boy, right, that right. that was that was a game. I like I like the look on your face. Is like, all right, are you serious? Or like, can we? We're, do this? we're really gonna <laughs> talk about. Look, we had to talk about 1.0 if we were going to yes. talk about 10 plus years yes. of Final Fantasy 14. It, it is part of that. It is yeah. part of that fusion. Yeah. And it, it was one of the best reviewed Final Fantasy games ever. I actually, so we we, we picked out a few little review snippets, both gamer escapes mm -hmm. and uh, some of the review snippets of other news outlets that have covered it. And it is actually hilarious to me reading. I was going through and yeah. just reading the 1.0 reviews. Oh, they're so like, bad. They're so bad. <laughs> Even from outlets where, like, usually they very favorably review things. It's like mm -hmm. everybody had pretty much only bad things to say. Because <laughs> yeah. there were pretty much only bad things going on. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Uh, we have Ga GameSpot. Uh, when the simple act of creating an account for the MMO game you just bought is a convoluted mess, you know it's you're in there. trouble. It's still like that. <laughs> yeah. It's this person never used Play Online. You can tell. You can yeah. tell. Uh, it's unfortunate that the first impression you have of Final Fantasy XIV is so in indicative of the experience at large. Uh, it's hard to miss these gaffes, the bizarre and unfriendly method of getting an account set up, the troublesome patcher, having to exit the game if you want to adjust the graphic settings, and so on. Uh, these might have been forgivable flaws had developer Square Enix provided an excellent reason to overcome these obstacles, but in fact, they set the stage for a misguided effort that uses its atrocious interface and to <laughs> torturous mechanisms to veil its core simplicity and unending repetition. Hmm. So he didn't like it then? Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like a slightly <laughs> easier time uh, being able to sign up and everything because I did have that 11 account. Yep. So I could just log into that and be like, checkbox, yes, do this. Krista was stupid. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't. I remember and... when they introduced Krista. I'm that, I'm that old. Oh, yeah. Um, do you know what Krista yeah. is? I know. Okay. So Krista now in 14 exists as like an alternative cash payment like you can pay to get krista mm -hmm. and then use that essentially as cash on you your account had to mm -hmm. use krista you when had to buy krista yeah. yes Chris, they had, had to buy the krista and turn around and use it they had, had this to do it. huge i'm really curious like i would have loved to have been like the fly on the wall right at square enix when they came up with krista because when they launched it they they presented it as like yeah it's gonna be like this new it was like <laughs> <laughs> maybe this isn't the best example it was like the cryptocurrency mm -hmm. of like 2009 <sighs> or whenever it came out they're like yeah it's gonna be great you can use this to like sub to the games and to buy yeah. other stuff like cds and things and it's gonna be awesome uh and, and it was like it was money yeah, yeah it was really weird and then they used um earlier on there was a a payment like a third-party payment company or something that they used yeah but that was also like uh -huh. really notorious for just like randomly charging you like mm -hmm. pennies at a time to like just it was really weird and shady. Um, yeah, that was that was the thing. But yeah, for a while, I mean, right now we have the Mog Station, um, but that didn't exist. They what we have now um, is like a completely new thing. I mean, back in the day, we had the account management stuff that was in charge of Eleven and 
they just used the same stuff for 14. But now it's it's kind of different where where 11 still uses the old stuff because they don't want to put any time into reworking it. Uh, but I saw that look, Rook. She's like, yeah, oh, I did that. Well, <laughs> I just recently went through the process of almost reverse engineering what all of you did coming into 1.0, right? So mm-hmm. your 11 account would just kind of sink into 14 and then it, was, you know, it sounds like it was easier, right? So I did the reverse bit, yeah. where I've been with 14 and I just set up an 11 account. And literally, if I had not had somebody here beside me being like, and then you go in here and you're going to click on this and you're going to add a service account, but then you're going to have to do this and then you're going to have to do that and then you're going to have to put this on for a subscription and then this over. It was the most confusing there, thing. Yeah. Gosh. It, it wasn't easy. Um, but yeah, and then and then eventually for 14, they made the Mog Station where they, they're like, okay, we should make this a little better. Um, but yeah, I mean... You know, looking at at the account stuff, there was actually I don't know if you know this or not, Rook. In the great state of Illinois, uh, they helped <laughs> uh, pass a law about making it easy to quit like online services and subscriptions because some governor's son couldn't find out how to unsub to eleven. <laughs> That's, That's a amazing. real thing. He couldn't he couldn't figure out and play online how to like cancel the account and stuff. So. so it, Are you kidding? It went into me? yeah. That's a real thing. That's incredible. <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, yeah. It sounds like 1.0, and we'll we'll get into this as we touch base on the 1.0 recap here. It really does sound like. I mean, I thought that Gamespot review just so articulately and concisely in that <laughs> one paragraph kind of um, encapsulated a lot of this, but. Even to this day in 14, the fact that Krista is still there, the fact that there are these kind of strange little like quirks about the Mog Station and how they separate out various things with signing up and making an account and getting this thing. And it's all these things go back to the history of this game. I mean, 10 plus years, right? It's mm-hmm. it's amazing to me that we see the ghosts of a lot of this era even now to this mm-hmm. day in 14. Mm-hmm. To just complain about Krista just a little more. <laughs> initially when they were like yeah we'll let you use like credit cards now i guess they were like but we're not refunding your crystal mm-hmm. yeah the, the so i think officially yeah. i think eventually they let you like bottom it out and then do a pay cycle like partially or something like that but initially they were like if you have you know like four crystal left sucks there was yeah i mean for for a long time um once you know, once Krista kind of came out in the early years of 14, uh, the payment was just a, it was a pain in the ass. Like it, it just, it was, it really was. Um, you know, I can remember like when they're like, yeah, now you can use PayPal. And everyone was like, thank God, because like this whole thing, it's just, it's been a mess. Um, I wonder uh, if that's why they gravitated towards setting up 1.0 with that Krista model, like making it mandatory to purchase that. Because there was some kind of legality thing or something where they were going like, okay, well, you know, we can make them buy this non-refundable currency and then use that as the foundation of stuff. I think a large Mm -hmm. part of that was because of the idea of chargebacks, um, which which back then was was a huge, 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 huge thing uh, between Square and usually like RMT accounts. Yeah. 
and so this is this is kind of one of those like okay well they're ruining it for the rest of you sorry mm-hmm. um but i mean even even in in 14 uh at one point they're like oh your account is suspended because you had a chargeback and it's like yep fucking no i don't <laughs> the bank has no idea what you're talking about <laughs> right. like it was just this whole thing it was such a chargeback. headache yeah chargeback was a scary word late 11 early 14 you, you hear that like, and you're oh, like well i guess i'll never play in this game ever yeah. again yeah because they would they would just ban you honestly if honestly if 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 i if you charge it back what? yeah honestly if i wasn't in the position that i was where like i knew people at square enix i don't know if i would still be playing 14 right now because it was right. just like they're like, oh, it says you have a chargeback. Okay, well, I called my bank and they don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> so oh my gosh, like, that's wild to yeah. me. Yeah, I lost I my mean, garden that week because I couldn't log in. This is when gar- this is when gardening was like new too, right? Yeah. You could make like big bucks on this, and I'm like, cool, can't log in. My money. There's my money. I mean, you know. <laughs> I guess Krista, in a sense, would offer some security then, even for players coming into the game initially, where like, yeah. You have to buy that mm-hmm. currency, and then there is that bit of time delay, and then you put that currency towards what you're doing, I guess, in a sense. But right. at the same time, it's like, what, I, oh my gosh, what a huge convoluted mess. I'm not <laughs> yeah. surprised. Yep. Like, I can't imagine now, in this day and age, if I were to sign up for a new MMO, and they required upon sign up that I buy their cash shop currency, and that that was the only way, and I had to buy it in bulk or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, oh, you need Well, what, see, here's, here's the thing, though. If that if that came out today, you could only buy it in increments that weren't realistic. Yeah, <laughs> at exactly. least yeah. at least with Krista, you can buy the exact amount that you need, which is right. like <laughs> very good. Okay. Like, it, didn't it, it not start that way? Uh, that I'm trying I to remember. Don't that, know. That's why people I, had weird extra leftover numbers. I, I think it's true. I, that could be. Yeah, I know now you can, especially uh, if you had like a legacy account. I think it was, it was the legacy bit. Yeah. 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 Yeah, or the yeah, it's it's interesting to me that Krista was like the gotcha game type of crystals, but also the WoW token eventually, because mm-hmm. it was it was more used like a WoW token was is supposed to be used without the in-game money thing, and mm-hmm. it had that idea of well you could use it on other Square Enix stuff, which never happened. No, nope. so you know, no, nope. don't want that. We don't yeah. want it. They had this, guys... this grand vision, and then they ended up using yeah. the third-party store websites that they did, and it just it was ter- oh. terrible. Interesting. I, I do. About... Oh, go ahead, Zed. Uh, I was gonna say the uh, one of the things I'm recalling that actually did really, I guess, upset me at the time uh, when the official release happened of 1.0. It was very similar to the Endwalker release. In terms of, uh, there is no place for you to make an account and get on. Like, make make a character and get on. You can go through character creation, but when you get to the part where you're like, I would like to be on this server. That server is full. You cannot go. Yep. Mm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So there... I had to wait, like, three or four days to actually get on the RP server with all my friends. Yep. Oh no, jeez. And this was coming out of the alpha beta yeah. into 1.0 mm-hmm. kind yeah. of period. Mm-hmm. Like the, you just literally couldn't actually even really get an account on there to be able to play with everybody. Jeez. I mean, yeah, it makes sense why these reviews were all so bad. And public opinion was so which bad. Is, which is right? wild because they later they did do server mergers. 
yep. for, for yeah. 1.0 too. So when, it's like, oh man. When Besaid was merged with Fable to make Balmung. Yep. <laughs> I too was on Besaid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was on Besaid. I think yeah. I think Besaid was my second character. I forget what server I was on originally, but I ended up either I think I, I must have known somebody on Besaid and I mm. I was I was fairly into the game because I remember I had all of the uh, the Onion Knight pieces from the Guild Leaves that you could get. Oh, nice. But then yeah. I, I made a new character on, on Besaid, and that was the character <laughs> that I ended up sticking with, yeah. But yeah, I guess that goes into the early part of 1.0. So many What things. was good about it? What was... Okay, so like... Pre... Pre 1.18 or 1.2 or whatever, where um, was... the job system showed up. What was good about 1.0? Wait, what? What are we talking about initially? Early, early. I mean, early. like I liked, before the job I liked, system. Um, behest. Okay. Yeah, this was cool. I yeah, I liked. Well, now that would have come after. I was gonna say, I was gonna say Hamlet. That came after. Yeah. Um, yeah there he is talking about Hamlet again. Uh, the Hest was kind of like uh, Fates, but set up in a different way. Yeah, you had to like show up and talk to a dude, and we're like, "I'm gonna do this," and they were like, "Okay," and then you, a bunch of people go and do an event. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Isinger in the uh, chat says the attempt at player-driven economy was pretty cool. Yes, the Valley of the Dolls of your retainers oh, selling God. things. Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't like that. The creepy mannequin no halls. I I remember. I, I had the article might still be on Gamerscape actually. <laughs> uh, I'm like, <laughs> when this was all new, I'm like, all right, this system sucks, but let's let's look at this. Let's see how bad it is. And I'm like, I am gonna go and look for a new lance, which <laughs> took like hours because I had to go into yep. the thing, talk to every single retainer in that ward. Did I ever find the lance? I honestly don't remember, but <laughs> yeah. But that you know what I did really like? For, I was say the mm. idea for anybody who doesn't know, because I've had this explained to me by the cast. Oh, yeah. So the idea was that as a player, there was no universal market board in 1.0, right? So you had to literally, like, there were areas where players would just set up shops, essentially, and you would stand there and people would walk up to you and see what you were selling and then your buy from you. Your you retainers. Just stuck your, okay, retainer. you stuck yeah. your retainer in this, like, big, dark, open room with thousand other retainers so it was like westworld the basement of westworld but everybody had clothes on oh my god it was yeah i had never thought to make that comparison but that's absolutely accurate and that's amazing i kind of like because so i was just doing a little bit of 11 and fusion was telling me that it used to be that as players you would go and there would be mm -hmm. like hubs where you would set up shops you can you wait outside there. juno yes. yeah yeah, yeah. we talked about me, that to me, I actually do find something about that charming if it's like you setting up a shop, because I feel like it does open up the possibility of haggling where like people could actually approach you and try to haggle a price with you where you can make custom orders, where you could role play as like a crafter gatherer in like mm -hmm. a real sense. But as we've seen in modern day with Elder Scrolls Online, for example, which actually uses the same kind of system mm -hmm. where you have like a shop front that your guild bids on and purchases and then can list public sales in. Um, and you have to do exactly this to this day in modern day MMOs in ESO, mm. they have this system where you have to go around and check every single person to see if they're selling this thing. And like, obviously coming out of 1.0, the horrific basement of dolls 
situation <laughs> had real drawbacks when you were just trying to get something you were just trying to price check mm -hmm. i mean even now in 14 we have so many problems trying to even figure out with world travel where's the best price for this thing on this market board over here how do i get to right so i can totally see why it was a huge issue but i do find something charming uh, at least within okay. the concept i i love a... the idea of being able to rent a stall in these market wards, I thought that was really cool. It was a way to kind of be like, I they were really hard to get though, because there were like eight to yeah. sixteen of them. So yeah, it was just first come the, first the, serve, you get it. Yeah, so it's it was like, a website, very similar <laughs> to uh, how ESO has that that mod, you know, where mm -hmm. you can like type in what you want and it'll tell you based on the information it's mm -hmm. picked up. So there was a website that did that for uh, retainers in fourteen in one and. So you'd, you'd go and you'd have to search this whole ward for the retainer you wanted. And they weren't in any kind of order and they weren't they were like in pretty lines either. Scattered. They were just the fuck and, in and originally too, they had no animations on them. So they were literally just mannequins. And then yeah. they added and the subtle animations and it was just really creepy. It was creepier. <laughs> and uh, they, they did that whole thing where uh, if you were far away from a person, they disappeared. So you'd have to like go to a cluster, look at the cluster, move to mm -hmm. another cluster, look at that cluster. It was not good. It was not good at all. No, no. Good old, oh, here, remember, good old crystal tools limitations. Remember crystal tools? Uh, crystal tools. <laughs> what are crystal tools? Crystal tools Is was the name. Yes, this was the name of the engine that, yep. uh, that 14 ran on. Um, <laughs> and, and we've heard, I mean, I'm sure, Rook, you've, you've seen the GDC talks about the, uh, the flower barrel with 10 bajillion polygons. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> This was an issue with Crystal Tools where you couldn't display a lot of characters on screen at, at the same time. Um, this was also an engine that they developed internally knowing that they would use it for an MMO. Um, and it still ended up like this. Yeah. Uh, Crystal Tools is what Final Fantasy 13 games run on. Yes. So it's the same engine that they used. And then when, when 2.0 was being worked on, they're like, okay, we need to fix so many things. And now mm -hmm. they use Unreal. <laughs> I mean, yep. okay, so uh, again, more context, the, the barrel thing, in case anybody else hasn't heard of that, was the fact that like they tried on this engine, from my understanding, to make every single object so incredibly dense in like the amount of detail that it had that it would cause, didn't it cause like terrible lag, it caused loading in issues, it caused all these like Oh, the, 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 re the resource usage of 1.0, it was, it was a very chalky yeah. boy. <laughs> so like we think about now in modern 14 the grapes that had to be scaled down you know rip the beautiful grapes but each like, one of those literally... grapes would have had like 5000 yeah. triangles <laughs> on it in 1.0 <laughs> it had been beautiful but you wouldn't have been able to see it from like 5 yums away at all mm -hmm. oh, yeah it had been so great it, it, it would cost you 5 fps but they would have looked immaculate <laughs> were there any other Good things or good adjacent things you can all remember good, from good early eleven or I, I, sorry, uh, early one point early one point I yeah. enjoyed NMs. Um, uh, so this this was a thing they had. They, this was a thing they had in eleven. Rook knows this. We we fought Leaping Lizzie last night. Of course, the boots didn't drop. Um, mm -hmm. But they did have NMs. I in, wasn't even going to ask. Yeah, they they did have for, uh, NMs in fourteen. Um, and they, they, you know, just like in 11, they had uh, special fun. gear that they would drop. And yeah, I mean, there was mm -hmm. uh, the, they had a title for getting all of them in 1.02, Notorious mm -hmm. Monster Hunter. 
Um, so yeah, you know, it, especially coming from Eleven, right? Having that yeah. kind of like mindset of like, this is what an MMO is. This is a thing that you could do in an MMO. Like that felt really good. Um, and so it was nice to, to have that. But now any kind of like NM, it's basically just like it's a fate. <laughs> it's just there. Yeah. Battle regimen. I would oh, say that I God. like it because what battle regimen was was basically your party stacking their attacks to do a thing. So, like, if someone did a normal attack, someone else did a normal attack, it would lower the physical defense of the target, right? Like, if you did it in order, like, these, like, flagged attacks. It reminded me of the weapon skill combo in 11. That's, yes, I think that's what it was probably derived from. So, in 11, you each weapon skill would have, like, an elemental attribute attached to it. And if you comboed that with something else, you'd get a pretty effect to do a little more damage. And then if you had a mage that casted a corresponding magic element you could magic burst it and do even more damage um so with 14 (laughs) they're like okay here this is a game remember alpha let you charge attacks up to like Mm -hmm. three bars and it really didn't end up doing anything extra um but they're like okay we're gonna have this system it's called battle regimen where basically the idea is you communicate with your party and you queue up all of your attacks wait (laughs) and then execute mm-hmm. um and it'll do you know all the attacks will go off if you put it in a certain order that uh, i don't know that the game ever really told you what good orders no. were right it was kind of one of those figure it out things and yep so for a while people were like i'm just gonna spam this and yeah battle regiment cool um yep. and it was like all right this is kind of a thing and then people found out how to really do it mm-hmm. and then they took it out of the game because they're yep. like oh shit that's really Never good. Like mind. they were dropping the like the Darkhold boss like instantly mm-hmm. from from like getting a really solid battle regimen. Um <laughs> I really love the idea of that cooperation to make a combo out of your party. Like that's really cool. Yeah. That's what I really liked about Eleven. I enjoyed being that caster, that magic burst, you know. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was uh, hitting hitting that timing was really fun. Um so like battle regimen. I'll tell you one thing that was not good. I, I really have to talk about it. I have to talk about the fatigue yeah. system. Is that mm-hmm. a oh, yeah, thing? let's transition because I think the amount of good things are sm- I have one. a small handful. Oh, you have a good thing? Yeah, let's do that good thing good first. Thing. Do the good thing. Yeah. Uh, it's it's fast and simple and yeah. uh, you didn't lose XP when you died. Mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. That, was, that was the thing. On um, the other side of that, though. <laughs> I, I did like... Um, I honestly kind of liked the setup of most of the early classes. Not jobs. Classes. Yeah. Yep. Um, I enjoyed playing both Conjure and Thaumaturge because you had like your half Umbral and then half Astral mm-hmm. thing. Conjure had the Astrals, Thaumaturge had the Umbral. So they were both casters and both healers. So yep. you could play either and whichever role needed to be filled, uh, you filled. So yep. I yeah, 1.0. So technically, I started mm-hmm. as, I think I started as an Archer and then moved into Conjure very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, How's the- it Lancer? The the options you had with a class in 1.0 were you could insane. heal on Bard. Yeah, used you could to be able you could and you tank. Could, you could heal. No, 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 no. You could heal. You could cast cure while running on Bard. So you were unkillable. You mm-hmm. were running in a circle, kiting a notorious monster, damaging it. When it, you were low enough, you'd cure yourself and keep running. It was great. I one of, one of my favorite videos from a from a guy we used to, uh, used to do this show with us back back in the day, 
mm-hmm. he tanked one of the world spawn NMs as a white mage because he could wear heavy armor. Or I'm sorry, as a as a oh. thaumaturge th- 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 I freak, I feel like they swapped him in two point oh. Yeah. But whatever the healer oh. one was, heavy armor and just was the tank. And this is like yeah. you wouldn't be able Something to do anything like to that add now. Uh-huh. To the the market area, I was gonna say earlier, um, you could sell back anything. If you if you used a weapon, it did not bind to you. If you used armor, mm. it did not bind to you. Mm. So when you were done with it, you could sell it back. Which was really nice, especially like the stuff that was like semi hard to get or find. Yeah. Or craft. Oh, I, crafting. Ugh. Crafting. I remember that. That'll that'll be in the later stuff. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, Were there I any mean, other good points from any point in one point? Yeah. Any good takeaways where you were like, I really like this. I will say that although I have not, I was not in 1.0, mm-hmm. right? I do like some of the story that they had. I've read yeah. through a lot of the mm-hmm. like old logs. I've read through some of the character setup. I mean, some of the stuff with Minfilia and Thancred obviously made it in later, but there were a lot of kind of foundational things for a lot of the characters that did happen in 1.0 that they then built off of in 2.0 and beyond that I'm glad they've kind of reintroduced in some way, shape, or form because... Um, it did feel as though a lot of the concepts and ideas and like even some of the original basis of the, the nations and things like that um, got some interesting little tidbits in 1.0. Of course, they went a different direction in 2.0, but um, just from what I've seen from the outside, I still find it fun to like go dig around through ancient archives or, you know, old <laughs> footage to try and One see of the, how they yeah. did stuff. One of the coolest things and this this end up coming kind of towards the end of 1.0. So it's jumping ahead just a little bit. Um, Stop. Wolf. <laughs> wow. All right. Simon says uh, go. <laughs> they had uh, NPCs controlled by GMs. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh-huh. so as as they were kind of gearing up for that big finale, they would have GMs take control of uh, what were the newspaper reporter NPCs. Um, it's cool, as, right? As well so cool. as like Urian J and mm-hmm. Nail Vandarnis, and they would just walk around and you know, in character, right? Talk about like, oh, the Urian J and the Scions, or mm-hmm. or the the uh, not the Scions, the uh, oh, what did they call them? Archons. Archons, yeah. yeah. These archons are causing trouble. Don't believe mm-hmm. them. Like it was this whole like weird thing where they, yeah, would just. Oh, it was great. That took me back to the Matrix Online, which is a yes. that existed for a little while. Yes. where people were Morpheus and yeah, mm-hmm. Merovingian. Yeah. So what that, do you yeah, do for cool. your job, Ted? I log into the Matrix Online and I'm the French guy. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> yep. The music. There's a lot of good music. Oh yeah, certainly. I mean, Final Fantasy. I you know. I am so bummed. Like like don't, don't get me wrong, Soken stuff is phenomenal. Oh, but yeah. I really wish they would have kept a lot more of the 1.0 music than they than they did. Um, Twilight Over Thanalan was like mm-hmm. such a beautiful track. That was so, one of the first some of pieces it's still from back in the game. It, right, yeah. a lot of it's still in the game somewhere. Um, but like Twilight Over Thanalan, that was one of the first pieces from 14 that they orchestrated. Uh, for a Disney yep. World's concert, um, as well as uh, what was it Beneath Bloody Banners, which was like the one of the the fight uh, themes from 1.0. Um, that initial, uh, the original Limsa town mm-hmm. music, which is this is gonna go back a little bit. 
that uh, that original Limsa track is the only Final Fantasy fourteen town theme to have been rearranged by the Black Mages. Mm. Remember the Black Mages? Oh yes. Yeah. Of course, this is Umatsu. Umatsu had a band, had a rock yeah. band. Yeah, a lot of synth. It's but, the old um, yes. This, this technically, it wasn't the Black Mages. They they jokingly called yeah. themselves because this was at a at a Vanifest event. Uh, this they they called themselves the Tokyo Businessmen. Yep. And so they they played Limsa, um, yeah. and then they had played. Uh, shoot, I have a I, question mm-hmm, for you. Mm-hmm. The original, the city-states, so yeah, the, the yeah. city-states, because um, you know you're mentioning Limsa and all these other areas, are they similar in now to how they, they are, were in 1.0, or they are they are different? <sighs> Old Da is, like, yes, exactly the same. Yeah. Um, the difference back then was originally Old Da was one seamless zone. Um, 14 did a, a thing where, like, if you went out to, like, let's say Thanalan, it was just Thanalan. And then they had little kind of narrow passageways, right? That were kind of like the loading corridors. Um, so, like, if you were in Thanalan, you were just in Thanalan. That's right. Um, that big gate that you go through now was closed. Yeah, you could walk yeah. from Thanalan and just go through a gate into Old Ah. It wasn't just, like, this little dotted line and it zones in. It was just you walk into yeah, it. Yeah, it was seamless. Which was, which was really cool. It was really cool, yeah. Yeah. Um, and because of that, like... But not sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember the they had an update when they were like, okay, so like, here's here's the imaginary loading barrier now for old off because it's yeah. the load was just too too bad in it. Um, I think Gridania is the most changed. Yeah. Um, this is very similar. Limsa also- is similar, but they moved the eighth right before before. Yeah. I mean, boy, the, the amount of locations the, the eighth right in Limsa has had during the, development. Uh, Grand Company is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So originally, right, if you've seen that 1.0 cinematic, uh, originally the eighth right for Limsa was going to be right there at the, the the bar, right next to the Guild Leaf counter. And they're like, eh, maybe that's not a good place for it. That might be too congested. So in 1.0, it was where the, the Grand Company stuff is now. But all it was was just like this little kind of hut. With bridges connected yeah. to it and the aetherite. That's all it was. <laughs> Limsa was much more expansive, too. I yeah. loved the setup for Limsa in 1.0. There were so many just, like, little tiny nooks and docks and just caves and shit you could go. Was I remember when they garbage. added the, the staircase by the Fisherman's Guild to make it easier oh, to yeah. get around. They're just like, we're just going <laughs> to add a staircase. I, but, I, yeah, I, when we saw the yeah. maps for the, the 2.0 version, I am not going to lie. I was sad. I was like, oh, they got rid of my favorite little area. They got like rid of my guy. favorite NPC in Limsa, and I will never yeah. forget them. <laughs> I remember you mentioned. They probably died. I, yeah. I mean, that's 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 part of the, the weird thing about it, too. Oh, they're not around anymore? Well, they probably died in the calamity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh rest in no, peace, it, it piss is, pirate. It is cool that, <laughs> yeah, it is cool that they... Uh, it, there's a good reason why big chunks of the docks and yeah. caves and shit and limbs are gone because they probably got exploded. Yeah. yeah. So um, then another question. Along, oh, go ahead. Along those lines, just something I want to add really quick. If you could get over the fact that uh, the areas were very copy paste, extremely. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. There were some. There were some beautiful sites out there, and things were, mm-hmm. in some places, things were a little bit more. Not exactly expansive, but slightly more uh, intricate. 
again mm. because they were sort of copy pasted around themselves. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, to spend the time just, just in those. Yeah, just in those first areas, though. They've really, I think, they've moved beyond that in the newer areas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in 1.0, then did a lot of it sounds like it was heavily inspired by some of the content and style of 11, obviously. Um, notorious monsters and things that you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. Did they have what we kind of consider to be instanced content in 1.0? They had not until late, not at the beginning. Okay. Yeah, a, a lot of yeah. a lot of 1.0 was just open world, and a lot of that, you know, mm-hmm. that idea of not. Oh my gosh! Technically Places loading. Places like Sastasha, you just walked into. Well, like, no, 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 not Sastasha. Not. It was called something else. It was called Spoche, the first, the Spoche, game's first yeah. open world dungeon. Yeah. If you went through it and killed all the NMs, then you get to the um, coral and you could get yourself an eye patch. Land? What are they called? The Copper mm-hmm. Bell. Copper Bell. Copper Bell mines. Yeah. You could just you would just walk into the mines. Yeah, yep. Just walk into it. Which I really, really miss and loved. Again, very copy paste, but was, like you just yeah. walk directly into the dungeon. It was so cool. I would yeah. love if they did something like that. Like ESO kind of has a thing like that where there are these delves. Which are, they are technically, you do like cross through a little threshold mm-hmm. and you go into them, but they mm-hmm. have like these locations on the map and stuff, and they are kind of like smaller scale dungeons that have more of an open world feel, right? Like you kind of come into them and there's usually like a boss at the end and there might be stuff to find and there's little things, right? But they are not dungeons, dungeons. They are this sort of intermediary exploratory thing on a map that sort of fleshes mm-hmm. out some of the the story and little things about the region. And I would love if we did have on our maps in 14, almost like little mini delves or little dungeon things that you could still go around it and then still have our instant content, but it would be great to have something like that. So I like that 1.0 tried to do that because it does feel like maybe one of the weaknesses 2.0 on has been the open world content. And I wonder how much of that was like a design mentality, both in MMOs, but also just with the shift away from some of that 11 precedent and some of the things that had gone so it was, long. <laughs> it was definitely a, they, they wanted to, to kind of focus down a little bit. I mean, I think one of the, the biggest things, you know, we, we, we say copy paste a lot for the, the 1.0 areas. Um, and and while like you know Fanolin, right? It did have distinguishable areas, right? Mm-hmm. But it was just a lot of big deserty, sandy, rocky stuff. That right? You look at it, you're like, okay, this is the same thing, right? To you know, yeah. at a glance. Um, so with with 2.0, and I mean, I remember when when they were talking about 2.0 before it came out, they said, okay, each area is going to have like X amount of like landmarks, things that mm-hmm. look cool, things that are interesting. <laughs> And I think a lot of that was a result of of just having that openness yeah. um, you know, um, in 1.0. When they added flight uh, recently, quite yeah. recently, mm. um, and you fly over places like Thanaland, you can see the the way that they worked the old places in 1.0 into the map a little bit more. Like walking mm. underneath of it, I feel like it's less obvious, but like mm. you're flying over the, um, what is that area with like the... Broken ruins and like bubbly Bernie fade, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, it's it's like just beyond Horizon and before okay. uh, the Waking Sands. Oh, that area so in like, there. like okay, marshy near, area. near Silver Bazaar. Okay, yeah, that area. From below, you can't really tell, but when you fly over it, it looks exactly like the area did in 1.0. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we covered, I think, a lot of good things and unique things about 1.0, but now. What were some of the biggest changes and bad things from 1.0 that needed to be addressed? 
We all just start talking. It's a cacophony. I'm gonna, we're like, no, right? that's how it works. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start in the in, in the the in between. Um, sure. Because this this is something that doesn't get talked about a lot with 1.0. I feel like um, characters used to have momentum. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. You would like Five if you like drop. started to move, you would like take a second to like get up to full speed, and if you stopped, like you had to. It was just it was this weird subtle thing like. And, and, and you couldn't jump. And you couldn't jump. No, there was no jump. There was no jump. It's just, it's one of those weird things where I, I think it was kind of cool, but with with the way that 2.0 works, there's no, like, could you imagine, like, oh, sorry, guys, I didn't start moving soon enough. I didn't get my momentum built up. Um, oh, my goodness. And, and, oh, you know what? And and one more thing to you before before we, we get into the really bad stuff. Um, incapacitation. I don't even remember that. You could knock off certain parts yeah. of enemies. Oh yeah. We we that was we cool, though. yeah. You could you could fight a skeleton and knock off its head and get an eye patch. You could uh, when they introduced Ifrit, you could chop off Break one of Ifrit's horns. horns. Yeah. Um, and that would give you like a, an advantage in the fight. Uh, I thought that was such a cool thing. Uh, and then in two it was just it was it was yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah. So wanna, do we want to talk about yeah. crafting? Oh yeah, go yeah. ahead. I didn't do any of that. So bad. It was very bad. Oh my goodness, was it terrible? Um, so I'm gonna talk about what I can remember. I'm sure I'm forgetting something. I my my I had like a mission in in alpha to like make a shirt. So I have I have some experience with the old crafting. Okay. Well, the uh, <laughs> there were a lot of different ingredients, and each different item had its own ingredient. And you had to, like, if you wanted to make a shirt, for example, you had to dye the cloth first. You couldn't dye it beforehand. <laughs> Each item came out a color mm -hmm. ahead of time. Um, and then w they, things did have uh, the depreciating, uh, what's it called? Wear, they broke. Or things duration, broke. Or Mission, yeah. Durability. Durability. Condition. Condition. Durability. durability was the word. Okay. So, yes, <laughs> things broke. Um, and uh, you, you had to fix them. But they didn't have dark matter yet. Uh, you had to use things uh, like Fent. Fent, which was just like a scrap. It's a patch. It's a patch for your shirt. It's a piece of, of fabric. Oh um, and you had to make sure that it was the right fabric for your shirt. And it, <laughs> so each each different item, each different piece had a different thing you needed. So you needed to fix armor. You needed a plate. If you needed to fix your clock, you needed a fence. If you needed to fix blah, you needed this other thing. Yep. And it was so convoluted. And you're just like, it is easier to just buy a new one. But don't don't forget one of the best the best repair items. Uh, if you wanted to repair your your starlight boots, you needed that damn dormouse fur from these high level little bastards. I remember that. <laughs> mm -hmm. They yep. were so hard to kill. <laughs> oh it's like my on God. one hand, the immersion is real with mm -hmm. that kind of idea. Uh -huh. Like. I do like there needing to be some kind of purpose, I guess, to, yes, you know, oh, maybe this is a really special rare item, so you have to get this really special rare stuff to use on it or to create it or to, like, I like that concept, but at the same time, when I think about the fact, I mean, now, in 1.0, correct me if I'm wrong, were they still at that point designing with the mindset that you could play the entire game as a crafter gatherer? Yes, yes mm -hmm. they sure no. were. 
<laughs> having that kind like the story and everything this was like supposed to be a mm. thing that you could play either in combat or you could craft it was, together. and the so, way they did it was so ridiculous too like so so and, 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 right on paper right it's like a really cool idea Oh, yeah. um, the idea of like, yeah, like we're going to like flesh out crafters and gathers as like their own classes and they're going to have all their own abilities and stuff. Um, so like if you're like a botanist and you're like, oh, like the, the Amuljah are going to summon Ifrit, you would basically mm -hmm. play a parlay minigame with the NPC instead of doing the Ifrit fight <laughs> to progress <laughs> the story. Which is cute. Yeah. It's like, yeah, look, it's I know cute. you're summoning your primal, but if we could just take a minute to talk about gemstones, yes. that would don't, be appreciated. Man, I mean, cool I don't. genuinely kind of unironically love that. I love the <laughs> idea of being like, you know, what are, what are you, what's your community needing? What what are the goals? You, okay, well, mm -hmm. I can get you these, you know, I can get you this food or this, these seeds for these crops you need. I can help alleviate the stress or I can set up new trade routes or, I mean, I'm always that person that That's like- That's so in-depth. Like, this was, this skills. was just literally the, mm -hmm. the, like, and we have this now. We have it. If you have your, your toy box in your, your house or your apartment. It's just it's just little this weird little mini game. I mean, I I do love the concept. I love the idea. Yeah. I, I, the execution yeah. sounds like maybe it did not quite come together. I mean, even if you were creating gear to gear out trusts or something, who then would go fight it for you? I mean, something like that. I also think mm -hmm. is a clever way to usurp this. So in that sense, I can see why maybe they made things so overly complex for crafters and gatherers. I mean, in theory, if that was supposed to be an entire play style and like an entire thing that you did in the game. I can understand the mentality of, all right, we really want these robust and complex systems that people have to learn and master. But really when it does come down to it, as MMOs have developed this idea of that being the backbone of your game is really not such a thing unless you are playing a, I don't know, farm simulator that has multiplayer or yeah. something like that, right? <laughs> Kimmy in the they, chat. Uh, I'm a parlay with Ensinger. Could you imagine going up to Ensinger and be like, "Look, I know, I know you want to like end all life everywhere, but can we just take I mean, a minute to do. talk about um, the benefits of I'm, salamander oil?" I'm saying she talked a lot about how much she wanted a candied apple. So if you were a culinarian and you get to the yeah. end, and the most emotional thing you can do for this sad space monster is to give her a straight up candy apple. Parlay notification. Salt. New topic: candied apple. I would have cried yeah, like unlocked. a baby, probably. And you get yeah. like a yeah. different cutscene where she has this emotional. I mean, look, I kind of want that, but also I realize <laughs> yeah, that it I mean, would suck. So <laughs> there, there definitely was, I think, um, an increased level of immersion, right? Um, that that we don't you know what's have. Super great about crafting. Mm -hmm. You could walk up to a friend who had leveled crafting and be like, "Can you fix my gear?" And they'd be like, "Bam, you're good." Yeah, your friends could fix your gear for you. That's what yeah. we have menders for now. But menders are not standing out front of the dungeon you're about to run with your friends. <laughs> or in the instance true. with you. I would love it if you yeah. had yeah. Crafter Gatherer leveled and you could use that in an instance or something. That would great. be so great. Okay, also, so what are some changing other... jobs in dungeons. Mm, that was oh, cool. you could change jobs in dungeons? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you and that was actually part of the strategy for a lot of them. It's that like, I all right, we need like four remember. monks. No, you absolutely could. So it's like, oh, we need four monks mm. to beat up the Marlboro, but that's done. So let's go change into ninjas. I just, ninjas and we'll I just remember doing thing. bard because I was, I was the the, <laughs> the 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 speed bitch. 
for for the thing. Remember timed <laughs> chests? Timed chests yeah. were a thing where if you beat a dungeon uh-huh. under a certain amount of time, you get an extra chest. That wow. was a thing. I do you like that idea. Peloton mm-hmm. everybody through that dungeon. Okay. That oh, that so, was cool. Because we still have so many more years ahead of oh, us, we oh haven't even God. hit 2.0 yet. Yeah. yeah. What were some of the other bullet points of content that everybody is like, this was a huge problem and it needed to be changed? Fatigue. We don't have to talk about it. Look it up. It was stupid. It's it is the worst MMO system ever made. There's a made. video on how it works and it doesn't <laughs> either. Yep. F- fatigue was, I think, like, yes, it was bad, but I think yeah. um, more importantly, what it served to do is the, the discussion that came about from it um, mm-hmm. really highlighted the communication problems that the developers had with yes. the players. That's what ultimately came out of it. Um, yeah. Because this was a system that existed in, in, in betas, you know, before the mm-hmm. game went live um, players knew it was a problem, but the, the dev team did such a really bad job of communicating this system, what it was supposed to do. Um, and they, you know the the at face value it seems like they didn't give a shit about the feedback about it either um and it was it, it was bad it was why i quit 1.0 because yeah. what they were saying about this system which you know not getting into the specifics but they were basically saying the system to limit your experience gain would keep everyone on the same level hardcore players who wanted to spend eight hours a day would hit a cap and have to diversify casual players would never ever see that cap and it was gated by week. But if you start the game four weeks after everyone else, you will literally never catch up because you have the same limitation. It was the most stupid MMO. They also they also had of. they had class levels and physical levels. Yeah, as well, which is right. oh, that was the thing. That yeah. Was, yeah. What was a it physical was, level? Like it was your level versus your job's level. So yeah. you would switch oh. from like conjurer yeah. to marauder, and your level would still be up high, but marauder might be in So you had like a little bit of a boost, which is kind of. I, I, I cool, think the, the, the way the yeah. way I would explain that is uh, now that you know about skill ups in Final Fantasy Eleven, right? Physical level yeah. was a way of like all your skill ups and stuff are still retained on you, but then you could switch yeah. jobs, but you still have those those perks which it almost seems to me like they kind of morphed that into the armory bonus for like the highest level class that you have it now gives Mm -hmm. you that proportional boost on like experience i think it's kind of interesting yeah there was there was a lot of discourse around the time with the fatigue system about well it's just the reverse of the rested xp system where you go into a place don't play and you get extra experience it's not because you could play as much as you want with rested and still catch up if you're a couple of weeks behind. This literally hard gated every this, week. This would you would get to a yeah. point on any any class battle gather crafter where it's it's like no, like more that's you're cool done. that you're doing this, but you're not getting XP anymore. Please go outside and touch grass. Oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh, I can't even imagine. It's so terrible. Yeah. And I mean, so you bad. gotta imagine too. Although I mean, this this did come out at at a point right, looking at yeah. the kind of history of everything where. Um, you know, 11 for since its inception, right? You start 11. Please remember your friends, your family, your school, mm-hmm. your work, and all this stuff. Um, and then, you know, a handful of years before 14 landed, yeah. uh, 
Link Shell spends literally 24 hours fighting boss in Final Fantasy eleven has to stop yep. because people Bad. start throwing up. So they're like, okay, we don't Bad want press. this press again in this game. So let, what can we do? Let's physically just say they can't progress after they've played a certain amount of time. But it was oh, a, the way that they presented it where it was like, well, this is this is more equitable. This helps everyone. No, it doesn't. You're just saying that because you're <laughs> yeah. trying to cover the communication for yeah. this issue. Was- awful yeah. with it absolutely yeah. awful yeah. and I, I mean that's part of what what made things so great when yoshida came on because his yes. first thing was like transparency we are going to talk yes. to the players we are going to communicate everything that's a good segue <laughs> to go into the like end of 1.0 hype yeah. for 2.0 yeah. uh because mm-hmm. yeah he came out of nowhere you know yoshi p i remember looking him up and going dragon quest 10 Okay. Bomberman? I Weird. I, I okay. remember uh being woken up by my now wife uh the night that that happened. I was she was she still in Japan? I, I can't remember. Um but it was you know it was one of those things cuz they would because of the the time difference right between like Japan and, and NA, a lot of their like new stuff on the load zone would go up at like you know two in the morning or something like crazy hours um and i just remember being told you need to look at lodestone right now (laughs) and tldr tanaka is out we're replacing him with some guy you have never heard of and it's Mm -hmm. like what is going on over there what then do you all remember specifically from the end of an era? What all do you remember from this unbelievable, unparalleled ending? I mean, the idea to not only just go, hey, this was a failure. We need to redo it. I mean, that was a huge risk. And there are, we've talked about them before, but a couple of really great documentaries for anybody who might want more information about mm-hmm. this. There is a fantastic no clip documentary about this. And then there's also one by uh, Speakers of Heidelin. So. Yep. Those yeah. two documentaries will give you far more insight into this as well. But what do all of you remember specifically from that ending? The events, the stuff that happened, the final day, the server shut down. I remember. Um, what do you think? There was a really weird period towards the end where they said they, they established certain things, right? So they're like, okay, uh, we uh, like legacy subscriptions, right? People that have been subbing to this game, because for a long time, you know, 14, 1.0 had a subscription. And then Yoshida came out and said, this game is awful. We cannot in good conscience charge for this game right now. So they killed yep. the sub. Um, and then after a couple patches, they're like, okay, we're going to resume the sub again. Um, and when they announced 2.0, they're like, okay, if you have supported this game... In, in you know what what it has been to this point um you know for x amount of time uh we're just going to discount your sub when we re- re- relaunch this thing um so that was that was kind of wild doing that um mm-hmm. knowing that there were certain um achievements in the game that would be gone and having the time to actively say okay i'm going to try and get as many of these titles right as I can mm-hmm. before that that cutoff date, mm. um, and it was it was weird because that the the cutoff date for it wasn't when the servers went down. There was a it was a, it was a few weeks at least where 
the game was live, but any type of progression would not be mm-hmm. saved or carried over into 2.0. Um, during this time, we would get the, uh, I think they called it Answers Reprise, um, that that played. Dalamud was low in the sky. Um, you would just have, um, a couple years ago, when we had the Rising event, where you had that instance in the city where you would fight things, that was happening in the game on a daily basis. That was the thing to log in and do. Um, you would you could log out by sleeping at an inn, wake up, and it's just like, oh, you found a relic weapon. Oh, crap. Stuff is going down. And it was just like this really weird period of time. Um, and then the, the I remember the night of, the, the servers were, were hit so hard that night. Um, I, I was disconnecting left and right. A bunch of people come back right. to like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Lots Aww. of people coming back. Lots of people going over to uh Mordona, right? Because everybody, you know, that was kind of the we knew like that's probably where stuff was gonna go down with Dalamud and stuff. And then uh yeah, just man having the, the servers go out for the last time and then being like, all right, here's like the video. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, <laughs> like absolutely insane oh it's not just a moon it was actually like an egg for bahamut and now like he just he just like killed everything what the hell is going on and they're like all right see you in like another year <laughs> i was literally at zen's house that night because we had all gotten together for something i don't remember what it wasn't that because i wasn't playing it mm-hmm. maybe it was that yeah but I, I just remember watching it's New it. Year's, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't. No, yeah, I don't think so. But yeah, I just remember watching it because I had stopped playing for a long time. You know, my my girlfriend had started playing because I was like, I'm not playing this. And Zen was like, well, she could play an RP with me. And I'm like, I really hate the idea of giving them any money. I really hated 1.0, but OK, fine, whatever. Tricked her into it. Yeah, and I was <laughs> yeah. like, fine, whatever she could play because I was paying for it. And it was mm-hmm. my computer like still. So I was like, okay, fine, whatever. If you want to play it, that's okay. But yeah, so that night, I will never forget being there, understanding most of it, but not understanding how big a deal it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I I, um, it, I, I remember I streamed it, um, mm. and I, I don't think I have the footage anymore, which sucks, but I can remember watching an M&A era like, on stream. And just being like completely speechless, um, mm. and it was it was absolutely wild. And I mean, and, and this was such a weird thing for the the fan sites around because there were yeah. there were so many more fan sites back then than there are now. Um, and it was it was really weird because now you had this weird lull, like they're like they're working on this game. Yeah, you it's it's worse too. It's coming, but like literally yes, there is dude, yes. there is no active game to play right now. So a lot of people went back to 11 um, and we're, we're jumping on uh, Secrets of Adeline for a while. But mm-hmm. I, I will never forget being at E3 that year between 1.0 and 2.0 because um, like running a site costs money. I don't know if, if people have tried this. There's especially for something the, the size of, of what we do. Um, we were not making any money during this time period and so we joked okay we can keep the site up for another month or we can go get lunch and i said i don't know i'm kind of <laughs> hungry 
my gosh. I mean, it's incredible to hear about all of this after the fact, even. Um, obviously, I wasn't in the game. And I see even in chat, Charles saying, talking about this gives me chills and I wasn't even there. And it's the same for me because I've watched those documentaries. I've heard, you know, the interviews about behind the scenes. I've listened to all of you share what happened and all of the stuff from the GMs taking over characters to the special events that were running, the Gubu wall that was built outside of one of the cities. I all remember these, like, the Gubu wall. I was so happy when they came crack. out and talked about it in game. And I was like, I was there. Yes. All of these crackpot theories that mm -hmm. were happening about the moon getting bigger. Is it bigger? Is it smaller? Yeah. Is it? There's a second moon? See, what is going on? Yes. <sighs> like, to see the footage of, you know, people literally getting together, standing together on hills. I, you know, I have friends even who were legacy players that have screenshots from then when they all got together and watched as the world ended and burned and this cutscene that happened. And I mean, it is just such an incredible, incredible moment in gaming history, period, right? Mm -hmm. Like not even just in 14, but in history in games, like across the board, there are so few games I can think of that ever did something like this to create a moment in time that players experienced and then to roll over. I mean, that not knowing, I mean, this will transition us perfectly into 2.0, I which really is, would like to share some. Go ahead, no, Zen, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> um, so what I really remember from the end there is uh, we, we talked about the moon getting bigger. Um, mm -hmm. At first, when it when it first happened, people people noticed. Some people noticed and were like, "Is that? Am I crazy? Is that?" And then the next time it happened, we're like, "Oh, we're not crazy. Okay, cool." So by the end, the moon was huge in the sky, and that was just such a thing to look at. But like I said earlier, uh, the reason I played the game the whole time was to RP. So mm -hmm. I was RPing a character who was watching the world end and had to make choices about whether or not they were going to go run and hide or go out to Cartano and fight the Garleans mm -hmm. as the mm -hmm. moon was hitting their home. And that had a really big impact on me as far as storytelling and like emotions that I was capable of feeling. And just that last night, um, I was there, you know, in person with uh, Denitra and Charles, but I was also on Cartano Flats with a free company of mercenaries who had been spending all of this time trying to keep the world from exploding. Uh, and it was, it was really impactful. That's amazing. I love it. And like, those are the little mini side stories that happen. Like those are the things that you will never read in game about those events, but they were a part of the world and mm -hmm. they shaped people's, you know, emotions and feelings, even if it was just, you know, a group of mercenaries who were out there mm -hmm. trying their best as they watched their then, efforts go to nothing. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, uh, moving into 2.0, I decided to mm -hmm. have my character be one of the ones that was moved forward in time. So that actually affected other characters who thought that they were dead. So when we all came back together a year later, I got a bunch of, holy shit, you're alive. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. really interesting. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, so unless anybody else has anything else they want to say specifically no. about 1.0? Okay. I miss Hamlet yeah. defense battles. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That does take us to A Realm Reborn. And yeah. uh, like Sinidra mentioned, we had people who did choose to carry over their characters who have those legacy tattoos. Um, uh, I've always wished I could go back and like be a part of it myself somehow, but um, it's incredible to even see that. So 
we had the earlier review from IGN that happened, um, which takes us into the follow-up review from IGN in 2.0. The first one being a disaster for 1.0 and now coming into IGN's for 2.0, which says, in the beginning, there was Final Fantasy XIV and it was not good. <laughs> for most <laughs> games, the story would have ended there. But Square Enix undertook a mammoth effort to keep Final Fantasy's legacy from being marred by such a disaster. Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn is the resulting do-over, and it's a huge success. Beautiful, fun, and only a bit uneven in the late game. This dramatic reinvention easily establishes itself as one of the most sincere and effective apologies in gaming history. I mean, and, and I that's and that's I mean, <laughs> that's that's what it was. I mean, you know, the initial reviews came out for 1.0, and there there absolutely was this. Well, Final Fantasy is like complete garbo now, and like nobody's ever gonna love the series ever again. Yeah. Like it was a huge hit to the brand overall, um, right? Especially in a, a period of time where I think a lot of fans of the series were very divisive over yeah. 13. Disillusion. Yeah. Yeah, um, and so for fourteen to to come out with one point oh, and you're like, uh, uh, oh, 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 okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that that was part of Yoshida's job, right? It's like, okay, you have to come in here, and you're not just like updating the game or like making a version two. You're like literally trying to like salvage the entire brand of the series, and that's just <laughs> the thought of that. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it's incredible. So what do you all remember from like 2.0? Was the release everything you hoped? I mean, I can talk about it myself coming into the core game when I did in Heavensward, but mm -hmm. did you feel like this re-release to you, you felt that as players? Oh man, it was re-released on uh, a wedding anniversary. I don't remember which one, but I was mm -hmm. like, so Philip, um, can I play video game? And let's mm -hmm. not worry about anniversary this year, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you, but like also video game. Yeah, video game. Just stuff like you know, like the day before, and then you know this will come out, and I won't we'll get see like for a week, we'll get like a cake, and we'll, we'll eat it, and then I'll eat it throughout the rest of the week as I play video <laughs> games. Like um, oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, I just, I don't, I don't know. Weirdly, nothing stands out. I remember being kind of, uh, you know, sad over over little things that were lost, like the the map in Linsa that I love so much. But at the same time, uh, you know, you could go into a dungeon and if you got disconnected, then you could actually go back into it instead of being kicked out of it. It was, so, you know, it was wild um, playing 2.0 for the first time. Um, I got to, to go out to San Francisco for the ARR media tour. Um, and it's, it's like the idea of like, Oh, I'm going to put like a hatchet on and I can use it in battle as a gatherer if I want to. I'm no longer restricted to like just throwing rocks, right? Oh, of yeah. course not that, right? It's it's coming from 1.0 where it's like you don't do everything now as these classes. Um but it's like, oh, you actually finally like why wouldn't you use it a hatchet in battle if you were, a, <laughs> you know, in in 1.0 just throwing rocks. Um but there was it was such a weird experience because it's there's that level of familiarity but at the same time mm -hmm. like yeah. everything is new and it, it, it wasn't just like a fresh coat of paint it was it was more than that 
you actually had to remake your character kind of like you got to keep all the data and everything mm -hmm. and they put they put your character with the equivalents because all of the all of the like template stuff got switched no so more about put sliders your character in front of you with the equivalents of what you had but maybe that wasn't actually what you wanted anymore so you had to tweak your character before you put it in and it i was... actually remember remaking the character just a brand new character and picking out everything I wanted because you could only you were only get the one chance to change your character and you know whenever you look at a character creator and then the character shows up in game it's never exactly the same so I was so picky I made <laughs> I think I made like three different versions of my character before I put the final finishing change touches on her and put her in game permanently yeah I mean it was it was wild because it's it was one of those weird things where I mean you look at you know, 1.0 and the amount of like polygons and stuff, right? We always joke about the, the flower pot. Mm -hmm. um, but also with with 14, they were doing a lot of stuff where they would bring in elements from uh, their luminous engine. So yep. you would get like the crazy lighting in the shroud. <sighs> where the light cuts through the leaves and you see the, the shadows on the ground, like getting something like that was nuts. But then it's also like, but it runs better. <laughs> How? <laughs> like what, right. like the, the amount of, of engineering that had to have gone on with that engine behind the scenes is just, it's insane. Um, and it was, yeah, it was, it was really, it was crazy. Just, just Gear getting into that. Yeah, it was. We it had was... such limited choices in 1.0 and, and they make fun of it in Endwalker. All of that crap, mm -hmm. weird shit that you wear on the moon. They're like, this is what we thought you guys wore. And in 1.0, that was what we wore. Yeah. It was awful. And then in 2.0, they were like, we realize that this stuff looks like crap. You, We don't want you to wear burlap sacks yeah. anymore. Here, have some cute gear. And they're like, would yeah. you like a dye system? Please. I <laughs> Like, as much as I love making red sleeves before I make the tunic, I would appreciate being able to mm -hmm. do it after the fact, if possible. <laughs> yeah, it was a, I had stopped playing in 1.0. And I was very mad at at 14 and the entire development team i was so mad because it kept coming out that they didn't do a lot of market research and they thought yeah we can make an mmo and i'm like being like just getting into the the industry at the time i was like that is exactly what i don't want to hear right like i don't want to think of square enix as a place that does that yeah so i begrudgingly tried 1.0 i did not want to i was trying not to i didn't even have my like my character anymore i'm not i'm not a legacy player because i have a new account mm -hmm. um and i played it and i was like oh thank god they actually <laughs> did it <laughs> i can't believe how bad it was like yeah. holy crap i actually i just did the math uh for how much money i've saved being a legacy player and mm -hmm. it's almost a thousand dollars yeah Wow. Oh, for That's having your, your sub now for now to follow yeah. up with that how much have you spent on merchandise since then <laughs> Not sure. as much as you. It's because the legacy uh, <laughs> subscription is lower. That's why she saved. Oh, a lot. it's a lower rate. Yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. totally free, but it's a lower yeah. rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, no. I mean, honestly, is an incredible commitment. Oh yeah. That they made mm -hmm. to do that. I mean, of course, now the game population has exploded so much that mm -hmm. like those that small portion of legacy players that gets that discount. I mean, it's not really. And it and it wasn't even that, just but, the the discount. Yeah. I mean, you know, they had this whole legacy campaign, right? It was yeah. okay. Um, yeah, you get the discount, but also you'll get like the tattoo. Um, mm -hmm. you'll have the option to like the goo boo. 
was the first yeah. non-chocobo mount in any FF mm-hmm. MMO. Um, and it's like, you can get this and it'll carry over into 2.0. You'll also get like a legacy chocobo. Um, and it was, it was, it was a nice little, like, like thank you package to, yeah. to players. Um, and I think, you know, Charles talking about, uh, 1.0 again, I think a lot of the issues that happened with, with that, right. A lot of the, the thinking behind it was, um, like if you're making an MMO, right. You want to look at first and foremost, what is the current gaming market looking like? Yeah. What are the current gaming trends? Um, and for 1.0, what they looked at was Final Fantasy XI, which was based on EverQuest One. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so maybe that wasn't the best way to go about it. I mean, you know, you hear all these stories about, especially more recently with with Eleven uh, celebrating its 20, 20th anniversary. Um, they've been doing a lot of interviews with uh, with previous developers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea that, like, yeah, like, Sakaguchi was like, yeah, we're going to make an MMO. Everybody get a sub to EverQuest. Everybody play EverQuest. Let's yep. figure out what MMOs are all about. And then for 11 or for 14, they're like, oh, so, like, what MMOs have you been playing? 11. <laughs> that's like, that's that. So no. then, then you have Yoshida-san <laughs> come in for yeah. 2.0, right? Who was looking at WoW, who talked about how, like, you know, how much and that, Dark Age and of Camelot. Wow. Yes, yeah. and like WoW set the precedent for so much evolution in MMOs. Um, it pushed how we conceive MMOs. It appealed to a different demographic. It changed the way that you know um, people engaged with them. So you can absolutely see that mm-hmm. shift, um, which I love. Um, yep. Now you were all talking about the fact, like you know, what you were playing or things that you might have done back in 1.0. When you came into 2.0, what classes did you play? What did you start out as in the game? I told everybody earlier, but I started actually as a summoner when I first came mm-hmm. in because I loved the summons in Final Fantasy. And while it wasn't right at 2.0 release, um, when I first started playing core game, uh, I started out as one. And I did not like anything about it at all. And I immediately <laughs> destroyed that character and then made a, a conjurer or white mage. And funnily enough, I am still playing white mage to this day. Although there have been, you know, as we get to the later portions of the game, there have been other classes I think are more fun or, you know, offer something different. But White Mage just felt so iconic to me. Um, I loved that it started in Gridania. So for me, I was really drawn to that. But I'm curious, what did you all start as? And are you still playing it today? Well, we'll see, because because we came from 1.0, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I was just still a dragoon. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to. I mean, one of the things, right, we had that kind of notification and you know towards the end of 1.0 it's like all right this is the cutoff date so before that i tried to get as many achievements as i could i you know i'd go poke a stick into little puddles to get the gigging achievements <laughs> that we had for fisher um i i had a friend power level me in the mine so everything was at 50 um and so yeah i mean once once 2.0 came out i just i just kept doing what i was doing of course you know the the level cap hadn't gone up um, but it was it was really interesting um, going through and experiencing similar hits of the the story. Right when you start off, okay, here's the Amal Ja again. Here's Ifrit. Here's mm-hmm. the Ixali. Here's Garuda. Um, <laughs> I'll never forget uh, going into Garuda um, after doing Ifrit because Ifrit the fights were the same, more more or less, right? So you, you do mm-hmm. Ifrit, and then you get into Garuda. And then you get the, you know, I would get the the phase with like the two sisters or the twins or whatever in Gruda. And I'm like, oh, wow, they added some stuff. And everyone's like, the hell are you talking about? This was in 1.0. And I'm like, oh, right. 
I never saw this because I mana burned it with people. I would go in, yeah. we would have like just a group of black mages, and I would just give them MP refresh, and we would just burn it down. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. No, you go ahead. You go oh, ahead. No, it'd, it'd be very quick. Uh, I started <laughs> and I went, hey, you can raid in this game? What do you need? Mm-hmm. And they went, tank. And I went, okay, so I'll play the new tank. I'll play a warrior. And then Wait, somehow, yeah. Warrior was new to 2.0? Yeah. No. Wasn't no. it? No, wasn't no, 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 no. Was it no. not? The, so at the, towards the end, after, after Yoshida okay. took over 1.0, um, one of the first things he did was he's like, okay, we need to make this more, <laughs> for lack of a better term, more Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. So they added jobs. So you right. had Dragoon, oh, White okay. Mage, Warrior, right. Paladin. Um, with 2.0, they introduced Arcanist, which yeah. then had uh, Summoner and Scholar. So that was like the new job. Um, Warrior was vastly different. And people were like, what the hell is this, right? Gotcha. Well, it was like the big life draining tank. A lot of it, a lot of it, I think, stemmed from the idea yeah. of, right, a- again, because of course there's going to be comparisons. 11, right? So Warrior yeah. was kind of a tank in 11. When you think Warrior mm-hmm. just in general, you think. DPS, like yeah, raw exactly. DPS. That's true. Um, of course, Ninja yeah. was also turned into a tank in 11, but that's another thing. Mm, um, yeah. And so when when they, they came out with 3.0 and they're like, okay, we have these strict role systems, which, yep. right, say what we want to about it and what they should have maybe done instead. They, I mean, they had to get this game to a point where they said, mm-hmm. okay, this is how this is going to be. This is how this is going to be. And they just needed to to figure that out and just run with it and stick with it in order to meet this, this deadline of getting this yep. thing out. And we still have yeah. it, but uh, yeah, I mean, they, they had Paladin and, and warrior. Mm-hmm. Those, those were the two tank options. Yeah. <laughs> in 2.0. It was just, it was a new translation of it. So I was like, okay, I'll try that. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tank on warrior. And then immediately, I think the raid group that I was going to be in for Bahamut was like, oh, no, well, we got a tank. Don't worry about that. Like, then what do you need? Uh, caster? So then I played Summoner and I never changed because I've basically been in that static or some variation of it since then. So Is I've always the been the caster. static that I'm in now, too? Yep. <laughs> yep. Amazing. I love it. I'll just, I'll just be over here if anybody needs me. <laughs> well, Not look, being in the static. Yep. It's not you got to be on our data center before. Well, if they yeah. would just hurry up and ignore a global <laughs> pandemic to get data center travel working quicker. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome though. So, I actually had no idea that you started out as a tank. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. For a split second. <laughs> Short time. Yeah. Bard. Mm-hmm. Um and I was Bard up until Dancer came out and then now I play a dancing Bard. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm constantly told uh, that I'm still a bard, even though I don't play it and would probably not do very well. I pick it up every now and then, uh, mm-hmm. like when we get through the the raid tiers and we start to hunt mounts or whatever. Uh, I'll play bard for a couple nights just to sort of refresh my memory, and then when I uh, inevitably get to the point on that where I'm matching my dancer DPS in worse gear, I get sad. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bard. I, I toggle a lot between Dragoon and Bard. It's it's funny. I'm like I'm like one of those assholes that's like my handle is Raffleberg, but I don't always play Dragoon, nor do I necessarily main <laughs> Dragoon. I'm one of those people. Um, but I mean, cause, because because on the of, other hand, changed my license plate when I changed my job. 
<laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. You I'm actually do? Oh yep. my gosh, Demetra. No, you do not have them in this room. Yep. Are you kidding me right now? This is not real. No. She keeps them. Yep. Yep. <laughs> For our listening audience, Zen has just held up a license plate that she fished out from her room that said Zen Bard on it. Mm -hmm. Wow, I'm not a real gamer. I know I'm on wow. my car right now. Yeah, the one on my car right now says Zen Dance. Yep. Xian, I, I can just I can just see the look on Philip's face every time they announce a new expansion and new jobs, and you go, <laughs> "Ooh!" He's like, "Do we really have to pay this fee again to change the damn license plate?" He doesn't oh, care. That's good, also, good thing in is, Virginia, it's, it's super really cheap. cheap. It's oh, like well, then, bucks. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. That's why yeah. everyone in Virginia has fantasy license. That's yeah. fantastic. I'm, I'm a little jealous. You'll see them on Reddit all the time, like Final Fantasy fourteen license plate. Oh, I'm sure. Most of them are Virginia. It's hilarious. <laughs> I uh, actually joked when I switched the, the plates out that I should just turn these old ones into chakrams. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh, you should. That'd be amazing. Oh, I love it. Okay, so that's everybody's class journey. Um, now, mm. Grant Companies obviously played a pretty uh, big role in the core game and or 2.0. Um, I know now maybe maybe as many people don't feel that strong, deep allegiance now that well, we've gone so, so much further. <laughs> Grand Companies were actually one of the things they added towards the end of 1.0. Yes. Um, mm. It was kind of one of the, the big staples, like, right, again, we need to make it more Final Fantasy, right? So we got jobs, and we also got Sid. We didn't have a Sid yet. So yeah. they're like, this game needs a Sid. And so we got Sid, which tied into uh, the, the Grand Company uh, system a little bit with the cutscenes and stuff for did that Sid, originally. Did Sid's storyline tie over from 1.0 to 2.0? Like, when you meet him in 2.0 and he has amnesia... Is that as a result of something that happened? That's as a result of the calamity. Yeah. Okay, it's just the calamity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we we knew Sid before, and then you know the world kind of ended a little bit, and then we just find him later. Um, okay. Okay. So I'm not sure he wasn't just faking it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I mean, I uh, not put it fast. I'm just gonna uh, jump in. Limsa, the freaking Minsa. Oh my gosh. Yes. I didn't even ask 1, the question. One thousand percent. Do it. Ask the question, and I'll answer it again. Uh, Zanidra. Which yes. grand company did you pick, and do you still are you still a part of that? Lipsalo freaking Yes, I am still a part of the Maelstrom. I will never not be part of the Maelstrom. I feel more strongly about the Maelstrom than I ever felt about things like school spirit in high school. <laughs> um, I love the Maelstrom till sea swallows I all, mean motherfucker. If you're not in the maelstrom, you're wrong. That's how I feel. And I picked I picked the maelstrom initially because um, pirates. When they when they give you the cutscenes that like introduce you to each of the leaders of the cities, um, uh, my my beloved admiral uh, caught an axe midair with her hand, and I said, "You, I'm following you forever into the <laughs> ocean till sea swallows all." Yes. <laughs> I don't like pirates, so I couldn't do Limsa. See, I like I started as an Arcanist, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm going to start in Ulda and then go get Arcanist. Or you know, when I, mean, I when I eventually got it for for me, right? I, I picked Ulda, but I also mm -hmm. had with, with the 1.0 Collector's Edition, uh, <laughs> I, you yeah. could you could send away for a rite of passage, which was basically yep. your character name and birth date and all this stuff printed on. 
stationary from your starting state. Mm -hmm. So I have my rite of passage for Olda. Thus, I will always be yeah. Olda. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to be the only one representing Gridania here. Yeah. I'm sorry, Twin Adders. Please and thank you. Now, look, Gridania has its problems. For sure. <laughs> There's a lot of problems yeah. out there. A little yeah. bad, a little bit yes. isolated, a little bad, <laughs> a little bad. Um, but at the same time, I'm sorry, I can never say no to like a mysterious forest setting. Sure. Plus, I just the buildings and that kind of mm. like art, like Art Deco esque vibe, and like, um, or I guess it's technically not Art Deco, but it, it has that like beautiful. Yeah. There's a different, there's a different um, similar uh, architectural yeah. that came out that featured kind of natural lines and the beautiful stained glass and all these other things. It's just like, it is so beautiful. And mm. I love the weird elemental shenanigans. I love the like, I don't know, dangerous and or maybe <laughs> sometimes hostile environment. I just think it's so cool. There's so many secrets in there. So for me, it was definitely, and has always been, uh, Gridania. I, I just, I tried to leave once so that I could get that really hot skirt that you get from Ulda, uh -huh. and it was not enough to keep me in Ulda, so I That's went straight That's literally back. the only reason to join Ulda, is that really hot skirt. Thank Otherwise, you. why? We're, we're talking about RP, right? And I know it's school spirit, but it makes sense to pick any of them. Honestly, like, yes. Okay, there's the Limsa is the best. Okay, correct, but I was wrong. The skirt and the very cute leader. I love. <laughs> I love the sultana. That's, That's better true too. I, it's true. it's one of those things that they should do more with because the promise in 2.0 was a lot of stuff was going to be revolving around your grand company and you would be able to summon primals and a whole bunch of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And then it didn't happen. So to me, like right now, I'm surprised that there's even any school spirit at all. Other than just internet I mean, arguments, I, I, I never had school spirit. I mean, we would have yeah. like spirit day, like right, like our mascot sure. was the tiger. So every mm. every Friday at the end of the day, they play Eye of the Tiger, and it's always like, oh yeah. god, here goes the song again. And it's just like I could care less about school spirit. But what I think was a big driving factor for the enthusiasm and positivity around this game especially at 2.0 mm -hmm. was the attitude of yoshida i mean it's it's yeah. it's right you know people joke about like oh yeah he was like this developer rock star and yeah i mean that's yep. what it was it's he came in right nobody knew who he was um and so you had a couple different crowds right you had the 1.0 players that said please keep this game going somehow. And then you had the other people that are like, please make a good game. <laughs> and he yeah. appeased both of those audiences and then exceeded those expectations. Um, and so, I mean, and again, like we've talked about this, like, you know, over the years as well. Yoshida is not God. He is not perfect. No. He has made what some really <laughs> dumb mistakes, yeah. but um, <laughs> his, his level of, passion and understanding mm -hmm. um for the game and for the genre i think is what makes everybody like yeah. him right yeah 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 it's because he plays mmos i mean <laughs> this this cannot be understated you cannot make a game if you don't understand the genre 
You can't make a movie if you don't understand the genre. You can't write a book if you don't understand the genre. Games are art. Understand the genre so that you can follow some of it and subvert and put your own spin on it. You can't do it if you don't understand the source material. Yeah, I mean, earlier earlier interviews after Yoshida came out, they're like, mm-hmm. so what kind of MMOs do you play? He's like, I've played Dark Age of Camelot. And it's oh, like, yeah. that's a reach. Holy, like, this dude yeah. knows. That, In like, his Ultima oh. Online days, yeah. too. Yeah, I was like, what? Yes. I mean, even, yes. even then, I mean, we had... A little bit of Ultima representation on the Eleven team mm-hmm. with with uh, Sage Sunday, who was yeah. a GM for for Ultima for years and years and years, ended mm-hmm. up uh, basically becoming the developer face of Eleven for yeah. for a long time. Um, yeah, and it's but. these kind of like the grand companies and a lot of these other things that I think he introduced to the game, not only to make it more like Final Fantasy, like we were saying, yeah. but also to bring it more in line with like how people even rally online or like in games mm-hmm. and spaces, right? People like having something to identify with. They like to champion something. I mean, Aldino, you said other than in dumb internet fights. And I was yeah. like, that's an MMO, baby. What yeah, that's what, that's what an MMO is. Fight. I mean, it's PlayStation's just, better than Xbox. Mm. It, it doesn't hit like Horde versus, versus Alliance though. And it doesn't need to because they're not yeah. openly at war. Sure. But to me, the grand company pride is like, it's it's made up to me because they should do more with it is what I'm saying. Yes, but I yeah. agree. No, oh, absolutely. It, it was a that- thing that they introduced to help drive yeah. narrative in 1.0. And they ended up, I mean, even back in 1.0, like all the icons for all the different ranks mm-hmm. that we, you know, I think when it was the last grand, co- like four point something. When they added uh, a couple of like extra ranks or something, all of those rank icons were in the game for like yeah. years before yeah. that, but they just don't do plus, anything yeah. with them. Plus now, I mean, I think all games will evolve beyond the constraints of your mm-hmm. core game, right? So like the the role that we play as a hero is so far beyond the grand yeah. companies. Oh yeah, And exactly. we also now have the grand company of Eorzea. So the world mm-hmm. itself has moved on. And I think that's even been something that has been a big detriment in Worlds of Warcraft, actually, yeah. because balancing your narrative around two sides that are opposing in a fantasy genre in which having iconic and recognizable villains for people to stand up against is a really difficult thing, it turns yep. out. And it ends up being this thing where, like, one side feels like they're getting favored more than the other. The Horde has a disproportionate amount of villains that are, like, foisted <laughs> on it at all times. Like... It's it's just so it, it becomes a point where I think like you have to realize that designing around that isn't as big yeah. of a thing. And we saw them try to even use it in stuff like PvP, right? Where those mm-hmm. alliances were facing off against each other mm-hmm. and you're trying to like win glory for your grand company. But really the story of 14 beyond yeah. 2.0 grows to such a different scale. But when you are a new player coming into the game, mm-hmm. it is one of the first major choices you have. And especially if you started out with one of the jobs like we were talking about, or, oh my gosh, Aldino, I love your dedication to just go, I don't yeah. like that I have to start in Limsa, so I will instead hike my butt halfway yep. across to go pick up, like... Level 15. As soon as I could. Yes. It's like, we don't really have a choice over where we start, depending on what class you yeah. specifically want to play. So that is one of the first, I think, formative choices in the game. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, 2.0, maybe beyond that, it hasn't necessarily carried on, but it yeah. is always still fun it's, to see. It's definitely, I, yeah. I think, um, um, among other pieces of content, I think grain companies are kind of one of those things that were grandfathered into the narrative. Mm-hmm. And then Company they're like, fathered. yeah, okay, yeah, 
they're like, okay, well, now what are we going to do with them? Because, yeah, I mean, really, the only reason they exist right now is because players just starting out deal with them for some of the MSQ. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's really no it. reason for them to exist now, especially with the grand company of Aorcia. Um, you know, and it's, it, you know, you like look at stuff like, uh, <laughs> like, they're, uh, guild tests, you know, they're, they're here from 2.0 and they're due for a refresh and to allow people to pick, including Alamigo and Ishgard, like they wanted to at the very <laughs> beginning of 2.0. Yeah. If I could pick, Ishgard would have been the one. That's oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's but, it's yeah. It's a it's a weird thing that's just kind of around, and uh, you know, it, it's like the the summoner scholar split. Will it ever mm. get to a point where they go back and and revamp it to where it's not a thing anymore, or is it just it's kind of a an old relic that's just kind of there, and it'll probably just always be there, and that's it. You know, I yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's really. That kind of, I'll, I'll skip ahead just a little bit, but mm. we can go back because I think that transitions well into is there any abandoned content from 2.0 that we would like to see them touch on again or just do away with entirely? I think squadrons, or, goodbye. Squadrons, squadrons, love of the 12. Squadrons, squadrons, yeah, I think squadrons and guild has. So squadrons, obviously, with yeah. the, the new trust system now. I love um, guild has. Squad, well, if they yeah. would use them, squadrons, just make squ- more. I'm getting to it. Um, yeah. squad, you know, Squadrons was like early trust, right? You can get this group of NPCs and go into some dungeons and whatever. Um, so I think they could either tie it into trust better or just, I don't know. I think there needs to be a little mm-hmm. more integration in there or rebranding or, or something, right? Right. Um, and then with Guild Test, Guild Tests were essentially weird little novice network group duties. Um, I, I don't know, like there was a, you know, a loose story with it, um, that would teach you kind of how to play the game, but I don't know that we necessarily need that anymore. I don't Um, know how many people, even in 2.0 finished all of them. Cause like at some point you're like, eh. Like I could get experience. It, they were one. they were very. Yeah. Just I did. Kind I did of, too. Like they were just there, and you're like, well, yeah. what do I get from doing this? Mm-hmm. Not that much. No, not much. Yeah, I, I later. Think... I would say I later learned that like it wasn't really worth to do. But the sure. very first time that I went through fresh, I realized that yeah. I got an experience bonus from doing each of them for the first time. Mm-hmm. So I did yeah. every single one of them obsessively. But like. I agree 100% with what's being said about the fact that I don't really know if the lessons they teach are even fully current anymore with how the game operates. Um, I think we've even seen them remove some of the mechanics that they teach you in the guild tests from the revamps of later dungeons and stuff that happened. Um, So to me, it's like, I don't really know if we need them unless they just wanted to tool them into just an actual side quest chain for people to Mm -hmm. do or something. That would be cute. I think Mm -hmm. they should combine them with the uh, novice thing. Yeah, the novice hall stuff. I think that would be great. Um, they like, like you're saying they might need to change some of them, but like the turtle one really stands out in my mind. Turtle yeah. one reminds you that you need to read the prompts or you fail. Yeah. If you just kill everything, you are not going to win the turtle one. You have to read what you're supposed to do, or you will get murdered. <laughs> so I like I like that. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. the one where you have to kill everything at the same time. It teaches you sometimes you have to pay attention. Kill everything at the same time. I mean, I think we all love Guild Hess. They just don't. That's the thing. Like they don't. They didn't use them, Poopy. and they could have been 
a hall of the intermediate. Like people have always said, there needs to be a hall mm-hmm. of the intermediate, not just of the novice. Guildhouse is the perfect Give system for that. Give a cute little prize at the end. Give us some yeah. kind of neato recolored gear or something. Well, and, and I think I there's, there's there's something weird about it too, where it's it's like a cueable duty. Like it just it it it's odd, yeah. right? It's just kind of one of those things. Maybe they had other plans for it, like you know, free company primals, mm-hmm. uh, and it just it never came to fruition. But I think yeah. right as with a lot of things in this game, we see things that are them testing the system for something that comes later um and whether or not these older systems stick around and are just forgotten and not touched anymore or whether Mm -hmm. they kind of get polished and brought into the newer stuff i you know it's who's to say what they're gonna do and, and if they care enough to do it um the one that goes hand in hand with me for guild tests are the like combat leaves that you can take where Mm -hmm. you have to like run to a location. I remember when I was first playing through 2.0, I was so confused about how these worked. I'd start one and then I was like, wait, hold on. What? Where am I supposed to go? And then you go there and then a thing pops up and you're on that timer or whatever. And I'm like, what am I doing? Where am I? What's happening? How many things do I have to complete in whatever time? It was nice to have an activity to do on the maps, but it's funny to me that like crafter gatherer leaves are still something that seems to have like a throughput in the game. Whereas those combat leaves, they're pretty I... archaic and dead. Yeah, in one point leaves, uh, combat leaves were the number one way to level, and you did like a weird thing where you like tricked it. You like did all of the stuff in the leave and then canceled it. You were like, "I'm good, bye," and, and then you reset it. it and you yeah. did it again. I mean... Leave <laughs> one of the first because doing the leave over and over again gave you more XP, yeah, than, mm-hmm. than like turning it in, and uh, then you didn't have to like go to a place and try and get stuff to kill with other people uh, a la 11. You just had this thing that fed you mobs to kill. Yeah. If if you want to listen to a fantastic piece of history, go back and listen to Aetherite Radio episode one. Where we talk about the issue of Famitsu that came out and talked about this revolutionary new quest system called Guild Leaves. Mm-hmm. We thought it was going to be like the best thing ever. Because it wasn't even until Yoshida came long. on where you had NPCs marked for quests. Like yeah. that wasn't a thing. Oh, wow. It was still the, that archaic 11 system of just oh. talk to an NPC and it'll kind of go through the stuff. I mean, Guild has, that was, that was like the, or Leave Quest, sorry. That was like the quest system for for 1.0. I see. Interesting. And uh, Zen, you brought up squadrons, which... Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, so the thing is, is that when I unlocked squadrons, I genuinely wanted to love them. Like, I'll be honest. I actually think it's really fun. I like the concept of you have worked your way up the ranks so that you yourself are a leader within this grand company. Now you oversee the other little babbies that come in mm. and you send them on messages. And I like those kinds of little strategy mini games. I like it a la Fire Emblem, you know, where you've got like a team mm-hmm. and you're training them and they're working together and you're helping them level up and educate themselves. And I actually think it's adorable. And I really like that there's random ones that can show up and they have their little blurbs and you can pick your team. But beyond that, it is the most confusing, obscure, <laughs> bizarre, perplexing, requirement, requirement to rank up. <laughs> like Ugh, That's what is, I don't like. Oh, I, it just it's makes a, no sense. 
Yeah, it's a system that some people really enjoy. I have a friend who loves squadrons. And for that friend, I would never want them to actually get rid of squadrons. When was the last time he actually messed with them? I do not know. But squadrons is is not for me. And I it was it was painful that it was a requirement for me to rank up to get mm-hmm. a really, really snazzy jacket from the mm-hmm. Maelstrom. That jacket is so good. I'm, but I'm also the person who the only trust I've ever done is the one in Elpis. I right. I don't mm. do trusts. I don't like trusts. I don't want to rank up the the, the players. The, the it science. take I don't it care. takes forever, and the only reward is glamour to then take in to do more trust. Yeah. God, mm-hmm. I don't. It's it's just not my thing. But it is yeah. it is a thing for some people. Yeah. Um, if they keep it, they should probably expand on it in some way to make it more fun and make it not a requirement to rank up because ew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I feel like with them releasing the trusts for core game. Mm-hmm. To me, that felt like the final nail in the coffin for Squadrons, yes. if I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. Because they were sort of, sometimes, occasionally, updating the dungeons that Squadrons could run. Yeah. But the fact that they have gone in and essentially made it so that all of those dungeons are runnable by those little trusts, and those trusts have nothing to do with Squadrons, was a little disappointing to me, to be honest. I was kind of hoping that they would let they would just improve the AI, like, you know... The squadrons were still using yeah. the old kind of running AI as opposed to the trust and then just let you kind of put in whichever of those characters that you had from something like squadrons. Now, I'm sure that they probably couldn't do that because if people don't have it unlocked or whatever, but to combine those two systems and have just like generic people that are your trusts for the core game. But then if you eventually get to the point where you unlock and upgrade squadrons, you can use those characters instead and customize a little bit more. To me, that would be a nice way to just tie that together and then, like, never have to develop squadrons again if they don't want to. But it does feel to me that the choice to instead do, like, entirely other characters with entirely different AI and not do anything with squadrons makes it feel like that will just be dead content. Which Mm -hmm. is fine, because as we've talked about, we moved beyond the grand companies. Um, But it is just unfortunate, because if you ever get to that point and you're trying to do that last mission or whatever, I think the squadrons are just so deeply infuriating. <laughs> and yeah, yeah it could yeah. be something that would be a fun little culmination Especially, like, of Grand Company. Everything leading up to that is like, turn in seals, turn in seals, turn in seals, hit a certain level, turn in seals, and do a quest, come back, get your rank up. And then suddenly it's like, complicated system, figure it out, ha All I know is that all of my squadron NPCs are dressed like not Mizzou. I believe, and it. I rarely yeah. go to see them. <laughs> They're in there going, no, no. It's Last so hot in this Namazu mask and this frog suit. Why would he make us wear these? Our commander's yeah, so, so weird. Anyone had to think about it is to be able to get the loot boxes, right? The material mm-hmm. containers, because you needed yep. like one more level. And I'm sure everybody did what I did. Well, they went, they hadn't added the they didn't add a that? level for that. That was just a reward they added for whatever the the current right. top level was. Yeah. Yeah, so, so maybe, if you didn't do it, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah I that's when you were like, oh, I need to do it again. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The last time it was even a thought. Yeah. Yeah, which I actually like that they put that reward in, because that does yeah. give you a little bit more incentive to max out squadrons. Um, this does also make me think of the Choco Companion, because I think this is another piece of content mm-hmm. that might be made irrelevant with the expansion of trust capabilities. I think even yeah. in a semi-recent interview, mm. Yoshida-san was saying... Um, 
Oh yeah. Oh oh no, maybe it was actually media tour interview. I'm trying to remember. Or it was media tour. Um, it his, was. His, we like, definitely had in our his, interview. Uh, he definitely yeah. gave the impression. There goes the license plates. That nonsense. Um, oh, it's a license plate. But he had stated at that time, I think, that he was like, "We really want to expand what trusts can do. Could you even take them out into the world? Who yeah. knows?" There or, was you know, there was definitely the the kind of the illusion that um, they're planning to do a lot more with trusts, potentially open world. Because um, right yeah. now, I mean, that's the benefit of the Chocobo, right? It is an open world companion, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you also get some cool barding. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, who who knows what they have planned for open world stuff? And again, right, it's that idea of here's this thing that they had at one point, and now years later they've found a way to do the whatever the end goal of it was. Right? I have a Chocobo companion; it can like help me and support me in the open world. Okay, well now we have like trusts, which are like way better. Right? This is an evolution of getting to like mm-hmm. that idea of we what don't have they those in the open world. Well, well I, no, if if, if we to. if we do okay. right, it's, it's that idea to, yeah. of yeah, 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 yeah. You know what uh, I desperately want? Mm-hmm. I want it so that if you like max level your chocobo in one of the like tank healer DPS, they then unlock as a trust, and you can yeah. take them into dungeons. And they're already, like you know th- the the reason they used to tell us we were going to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, that was what led to them telling us about. That's um, why we're talking about it. Squadron yeah, NPCs. And, and I think it was uh, it was like a PAX East interview when I think mm-hmm. you know we had talked about that. And he's like, oh yeah, we're thinking about like how you could like maybe go into a, a dungeon with like some NPCs and stuff. And we're like, whoa, that's so cool! Remember when the Magitech armor was going to be a companion NPC too? Yep, that was a thing they talked. I do about remember that once. Yeah, it's just that trust <laughs> and companion should be the same. Is yeah. what we're saying. Basically, yep. like and, it shouldn't and be a separation. Maybe it will be maybe. at some point. Possibly, yeah. maybe not. But people, people still use their Chocobo companions, uh, especially if like you're doing a fate alone or um, yeah. hunts. I, I I actually used mine recently when I was doing uh, hunts by myself on every, uh, every time because you can't when you're when you're little and they're like go to Ultima Thule. It's like okay. Yeah. Every time a new expansion one. drops. Bring out I the chocobo. Don't. It ain't gonna hurt anything. It's just gonna help you. No. Throw you a couple choco regens. So I'm just no. never gonna do it. You just need I to learn how to garden. It. See, this is the type of gardening that I lost out on house. when I had this non-existent oh, chargeback on well, my account. If you have a house, you can garden. If you and don't I have a house, you can't. That's true. If Island Sanctuary is gonna yeah. make oh, that I, market no doubt. No doubt. Let's hope. Because um, you needed a stable and you needed to, yeah. I don't have any of that, so I'm like, screw yeah. it. I don't, I don't interact with it. Interesting. Yeah, you yeah, do have a stable. After seeing, um, and eventually we'll get to this point in the story too. But after seeing, like, you know, we have our parallel, I guess you'd say, with Ardbert, um, mm-hmm. like on on the first right, and the relationship yeah. that they do between him and oh my gosh, why well, can't I remember his name right now? Oh, Saito. 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 Yeah. I mm-hmm. want. I really want because I do still use my chocobo as well in, in fates and things like that, right? But I want more of that Final Fantasy throughput <laughs> of you know, here's this little creature I got in the start of the game, and it's a silly big bird, and that's nonsense. But at the same time, if anybody's gonna make me feel something for this bird, it's Final Fantasy. Six point three five. <laughs> they're just gonna start to characterize your chocobo. They'll they'll get a voice actor for the chocobo. I would be fine with that. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> 
We're fine with it. I just think it'd be cute if he was in Dungeons and he was like going Quay and then Alice was sassing him. I just think it'd be really adorable. <laughs> so this is just me. Um, but is there any other abandoned content we can think of from 2.0 or? Oh, um, oh. we did talk about, uh, oh my gosh, leaves. But mm -hmm. the, what were they called? Temple leaves? Trash. That's Heaven's oh, Word. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was Heaven's Word. We ain't, we're okay. not there My yet. Bad. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, after the sass she, get, see, she was giving me earlier about trying <laughs> to jump ahead. She's like, Temple leaves in 2.0? Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else I don't I remember. remember giving you sass. <laughs> you got some, I wanted baby. to talk about something, and you were like, no. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Oh, that's um, right. I didn't thing. think you were actually going to stop. Anyway. <laughs> so then what are things that they have changed since 2.0? This would be, this kind of dovetails into this, right? Like some of the ones that I had just thought of immediately were things like the multi-classing requirement. So this would technically, I guess, be abandoned content. But the idea that like you used to have to combine the two, you know, core classes, which I think did also come from 1.0. So like, I want to be a paladin. So I have to do this or this, uh, these classes to get those skills to then become a paladin. Right. Um, skill points. Kind skill of hand points. Hand I rem that. remember resetting your skill points. That was a thing. Mm -hmm. Summoner and Scholar loved that. Oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Gonna be honest. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. I remember spending guild points yeah. at 1.0 to unlock certain traits. You want to walk faster while in combat? Buy fleet of foot with lancer tokens. Oh, you remember the old uh, materia? You could get like materia that would make you faster uh, and stuff. Really? I don't know if they like no, physically made you it wasn't, faster. It, I think they, they didn't made have you, like, speed, but they had they had a lot of different more like like a, nitpicky stuff. There was a chocobo one. Mm -hmm. Okay, that I don't remember. It, I'm pretty sure it was useless. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> I mean, it, it very well could have been. <laughs> yeah, I am glad that we don't have skill points anymore, I think, because in other MMOs that I play that still have it, it does feel like there will be some kind of meta precedent. I mean, this Correct. is the thing in all MMOs. There will always forever. be a meta, and if you don't follow the meta, you are wrong and therefore a bad player. Therefore, everyone like another... follows the meta. <laughs> yeah, it feels like another opportunity to just be underpowered because you tried to do something yourself and listen mm -hmm. to your heart. But really, the whole community would be like, oh, my gosh, why didn't you dump all your stat points? I have five XYZ? more HP, but I deal 0.02 less damage. Look at me go. I did. I do find it kind of fun in stuff like ESO now where they have this kind of champion point system, which is... Um, a, it's an account-wide thing, so like when you make a new character, even if that character is a little baby level one, if you have champion points which are like 50 plus uh, levels on other characters, uh, they essentially stop giving you levels and instead they give you these champion points, which is kind of like a horizontal progression system. So you make a new character, that character automatically has however many cumulative uh, champion points that you've earned, and then like you can kind of spec those into unique skills for that character. So like mm -hmm. I want this character to be really good at stealing stuff. I want this character to do damage over time. I want this character to do this or this or this and to sort of supplement out how they do that, which I like in theory. But as I think we've seen with stuff like 14, 
the amount of stuff you actually needed skill points for, the amount of it's, unique it's, custom it's builds you could do. It's adding unnecessary complexity. <laughs> I mean, it's like 1.0 yeah. when when you had, you know, your your dragon greaves would add plus something to jump. Like they had action modifiers, which is cool. Um, but like at the end of the day, like the way with builds and stuff, like that's just just don't just don't do that. It's gonna make things so much more tricky. Um, and so yeah, yeah, the, uh, the materia was heavy resistance. So that, it wasn't okay. go faster. It was not go slower. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so many weird materials. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. we also did had the different difficulties for for fights, right? We had like nor normal Titan, normal mm-hmm. Ifrit, normal Garuda, right? And I think I think that was probably more so. And I think it's fine that they're still there um, to help players ease into that. Uh, grouped you know slightly higher difficulty content you know um we had i mean oh hold on can i play devil yeah yeah yeah. for that really sure sure i actually think it's bad to have the three (gasps) different tiers the reason being that i think mechanically it does teach you in more incremental steps how to break down mechanics and get from point A, which is normal, to point B, which is savage, right? Mm -hmm. So in that sense, I think it's good. But I actually think that when you look at it in the scheme of how the rest of the game is played, it sets up a weird precedent for new players where, and this happened to me when I first started playing, right? Like End of Heavensward, where I went through, I got all the quests, the quests unlock, Orianja gives me more, I get to extreme, I queue into extreme, I cannot get a party. It will not go. I'm <laughs> confused. I did I it for I see what you mean. I did it yeah. for hard. What? What's the difference? Extreme's just whatever the next one is, right? And then you get people who get in there and bail because they get it and mentor roulette or stuff like that. I sure. always try to stay and just teach the fight. And many mm-hmm. of those fights aren't even that hard hard through like the duty finder anymore but i do think that it because it is not the format that is used anymore it sets up this weird precedent for new players where they don't understand maybe where some of the lines for like end game content and just content i am doing in my class log lie and so like People get frustrated. People get disheartened. People want to do the fight. They don't understand why people don't do the fight. And it is kind of also a problem of our community that at this point, extreme fights, really, you are just expected to go to party finder, right? So it is Mm -hmm. a problem on both sides. But the fact that it's set up in that way, I think, ends up being a, a problem for some new players where they don't really understand moving forward, like what it means, the separation between endgame content and other stuff Mm -hmm. and while you can absolutely do those primals, um, I don't, I don't know how they could, I don't know, make that clearer to play. I don't know how they could, but I feel like having that hard step in the middle exacerbates the problem in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's definitely there because the extremes weren't there to begin with. And I could, That's true. I could see them maybe, yeah, going back and, and just mm-hmm. cutting the middleman out entirely. But yeah, that it was the first expansion uh, of of. There was this, a lot of kind of feeling no around for for time. difficulty stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look yeah. at uh, binding coil tier two of coil has a savage difficulty, not tier okay. one, not tier three, just tier two. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I mean, this is on our list, right? So this is what caused in 2.0 and binding coil, from what I understand, is mm -hmm. what caused them to to start designing uh, these kinds of raids, the eight-man raids, with both a normal and savage distinctive difficulties. Because so many people were really unhappy that they couldn't do yeah. the binding coils. Yeah. And from mm -hmm. what I understand, and I know, I think, Zen, Aldi, you were raiding in this, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. it was incredibly hard. It was Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's it was some of that the later ones. Yeah. what we have now, but um, yeah, the story was amazing, and I absolutely yeah. I, like heart goes out to the people at the time who were like, I would like to know what the hell is going on, and I can't yeah. because I don't have a group or I don't want to yeah. do this difficult content. Mm -hmm. it, it does. Was, it was a great story, but it it's one of those to me, and this is from my point of view as a player who likes to be good at it and has the ability to do so, right? Like, uh, the lack of anxiety about playing with other people, the physical, it, actually being able to do it physically. To me, that was the best raid I've ever done in any MMO because it had the story and it was difficult. I loved the marriage of that, which is why Binding Coil is my favorite. And, like, my favorite moment of the entire game, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, because of that marrying of that difficulty, the the kind of social aspect of it, and the story. And I get why they don't do it and why there is a normal mode. But uh, I don't know. Like, that's just where I am about that, you know? It's, it's difficult to have the content where everyone can play it, but then there's that second layer. You, you think about Mythic and WoW, mm. which is like... My goodness, and, and looking for raid, they had to add another one. <laughs> Completely more. It's a hard problem to fix, and I don't think 14 has fixed it yet. I mean, normal mode is great, but it's also super boring. I don't know. I actually really liked um, this latest tier for the last mm -hmm. fight in normal, sure. normal mode, because it wasn't immediately clear what the hell you had to do. Yeah. Which sucked if you weren't with, you know, people who knew what you were supposed to do mm -hmm. or people who would like take advice or talk about what's going on. But just like going in there first thing in the morning with friends and being like, we just died three times because we don't know yeah. what's going on was just like kind of invigorating, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Once we figured yeah. it out, it's like, oh, that's not yeah. hard at all. But, you know, initially mm -hmm. it's like, oh, yeah. this murdered us three times just in cold blood. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to step it up. Yeah. 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 I mean, they've <laughs> obviously changed a lot of stuff from then, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. and one of the things that even I really enjoyed about Binding Coils, uh, as somebody who came into it later, you know, mm -hmm. and I didn't do it synced or anything like that, um, but I did like that they, I think, were experimenting a little bit more with the diversity of each of the coils. Now, right. of course, that could sometimes mean that you had one that was just like all garbage. It was like all trash. Like then you mm. have another one. But the fact that it did feel more like it was this kind of journey that you were fighting your yeah. way through, you were moving through, you had these like passages, you had oh, these turn three maps, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I liked that a lot and I know why they moved away from it. But I do kind of miss from 2.0 that I think 
attempt that they were making to be kind of like a full like an actual wing of a raid mm -hmm. in another mm -hmm. mmo versus just like boss 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 i thought that was something that was kind of fun um and worthwhile and then obviously we've had things reworked uh as well with old content like the msq dungeon some of the old dungeons that were coming off of even what you were all talking about with 1.0 with that sort of semi open world design and other mm -hmm. stuff that was happening um so that's definitely changed since 2.1 some of it really recently um, but yeah, I, I, 2. Point, or sorry, 2.0, 2.0, mm -hmm. I just had a lot of stuff that we would build off of, but it is interesting thinking back all the way to then and <laughs> how new players experience it differently now. Yeah. I mean, we got our first new, new job in Ninja in that patch series and we showed the dev yeah. team how to play it technically because they didn't think it was going to do that much damage. And then people found out the optimal rotation and they went, oh crap crap, we need to fix this. Um, so that was an interesting time, too. Yeah. Um, but that's going to do it for us today. We have a lot more to talk about. Um, we still have more to talk about with 2.0. Uh, but we are going to go ahead. We're up uh, probably just a little bit over uh, two and a half hours here. So um, mm -hmm. we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. We will resume this talk in uh, in a few weeks. Um, when we have everybody back, uh, we got some birthdays happening uh, for a couple of us between now and then, so we won't all be here. Um, but until then, if you want, you can find me on the internet, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube as Rafflederg. Zen, where can they find you? Hello, Michelle slash Zanidra, and you can find me on Twitter at Zanidra underscore A, and also on Twitch at Strawberry Bob sometimes, but mostly on plus the word when the number is shot the word. Uh, it's a D&D podcast that I do with some very dear friends, and we're going to do a show tonight. It is a D&D Diablo show, and they talk like this the whole time and say weird, dumb, stupid things. Um, and also that goes to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> That's me on the internet. Yay! That's pretty cool. So, like, I'll deal know where can they find you? Yeah. Here and only here. And also, plus the word one, the number, shot the word. Where I do not play in the D in Diablo game, because then I would have a weekend full of D&D, &D, which, yeah, I, I sometimes like, but not not all the time. Um, I'm still working on the OnlyFans. I, I am. I am actually still working on that. Okay. It's true. I'm not lying. Okay. <laughs> Your face is just yeah. like not giving anything away. I'm not sure. No. Okay. Cool. You'll never know until I, I put the link in the chat when we're talking about it. Well, actually, I don't think I can. I don't think I'm allowed to, which is a good idea. Change it. Okay. <laughs> it's just going to show up fate. randomly. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for right. this. <laughs> and last but not least, Rook, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv rookery, spelled R-O-O-K-U-R-I, rookery. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube at rookery and on Twitter, rookery, but with an underscore after it until I'm able to pry the suspended account at rookery out of Twitter's cold, cold <laughs> dead hands. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> Good um, luck. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'll need it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, all right, and if you want to contact us here, just in general, at the show, you can email us at aetheritradio.gamerscape.com. You can tweet at us at aetheritradio. And, of course, you can find us on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Discord at Gamer Escape. 
Discord at GG slash Gamerscape. We have an Aetherite Radio channel on there. You can talk to us about the podcast. We have a Final Fantasy XIV channel where you can talk to us about... That's right, Final Fantasy XIV. You guessed it. You guys are smart. Who knew? And that is going to do it for us this week, everybody. Thank you for hanging out. Have a great rest of your weekend. And uh, we'll see you back here next time. Goodbye. Bye. See ya.